105.5 FM, welcome back to the Suncoast Awning Studio for the Bay Area Combat Podcast. We got a dope one, man. We got a dope one. We're sponsored by Suncoast Awning. We got a studio in Santa Cruz, a studio in Martinez. For all of your shade needs, Suncoast Awning is going to take care of you. We have Deborah Farolito in the studio, owner, Suncoast Awning, Bay Area Combat. We have Tom base davis on the ones and twos and then we got oh man we got the man himself bay area legend uh, <laughs> <laughs> legend baby yeah, i'm gonna try, i'm gonna do my best to do this one i'm gonna do a uh, uh, triumphant commentator uh, uh uh the man himself brandon kyle hey dan you're so good at this i'm trying dude. you're so good at this so i know you're not a so you do wait so do you do you announce your ring announcer as well or just commentator or how does that so the ring announce like people are like oh i I bet you could do this and yeah. then i was like yeah i bet i could mm-hmm. and so um god what was the first ring announcing gig i can't even remember um i know <sighs> the first real gig was i think titan's cage okay. i did uh that was the first that's the only pro show i've announced okay and that show was great but it was just yeah. bad timing um so i've dabbled in announcing um but I like comment. I don't know. Like if I had a choice, I'd rather be ringside calling the fight, I guess. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, They're different kind of like performances. What I do like about announcing though, is you do your job and then you get to sit and chill and watch the fights ringside. And you don't have to stress at all. You just look at the next thing and you're like, okay, these guys are fighting next. Cool. I know what's up. Let's watch the fight, you know? And then you just go in there, do your job. And then you're, yeah. We're commentating. It's, it's like, um, it's an emotional grind. It's a mental grind. You're out there like two or three hours, like talking about fights. Like by the end, it's more exhausting than like a full two hour hardcore training session. Like, like in your mind, like your mm-hmm. body is just tired. I don't know why it just no, yeah, drains yeah. you, you know, I believe um, because you got to be on, you know, you're doing the podcast. Like you can't really like, you know, like chill for five minutes. Like you're, you, you, you got to be on. No. So the adrenaline, there's that adrenaline of being on camera and having stuff going on. Um, so yeah, uh, I've done maybe five announcing shows, mostly amateur, but that, that's more just for fun. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, put on my like tuxedo and do my little, uh, Michael Buffer impression. No. Yeah. So it's a Michael Buffer impression, but as the commentator, if you do the post fight interview, cause you you do the post fight interviews for triumphants for sure. Yeah. 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 And And some other shows. Yeah. And then you'll, um, you'll be like, okay, one more round of applause for, uh, whatever the fighter. Oh, see, okay. Give them away. Okay. So, so that's kind of funny because every uh, announcer I work with. They they all say the same thing after I do the let's give hear it one more time for so and so. They always grab the mic back and go, Are you trying to steal my job? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, no, nah, man, that's your job. Yeah. They're like, you're pretty good at doing that. So I'm like, oh, you know, I always like downplay it. Like, ah, oh, you know, I've called a show or two. Hey, we'll see. So that job seems fun to me, man. I've always so I'm, and I'm asking you a little bit in a second about, you know, what got you into commentating and everything. But, dude, I always liked that. I mean, come on. As a little kid, I wanted to be uh, the guy on the microphone, you know. So I mean, let me ask you, like, what, how, what got you That's started so funny into commentating? You mentioned that. And I've, and I've actually posted about this a couple times um, and tagged my dad. So when I was a kid, <clears throat> my dad and I used to watch boxing. Like, boxing is my first love. And mm-hmm. I tell people that because in America – there was not many options as far as combat sports uh, to watch, like on big stages. It was mm-hmm. like Mike Tyson fights and Oscar De La Hoya and then Manny Pacquiao. And mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My family got together for, for boxing, but we used to watch uh, HBO boxing. And I used to do imitations for my dad because my dad would think it was hilarious mm-hmm. that I would do like Jim Lampley or Larry Merchant or Roy Jones Jr. imitations for him. Yeah. And then like as a kid, that was something that would make my dad laugh. So of course 
that's something that you want to do as much as possible. So I would do those imitations, even like as far as we'd watch old Muhammad Ali footage and uh, I would do Howard Cosell impressions, <laughs> Muhammad Ali. If he wants to be called Muhammad Ali, my dad would get yeah. a kick out <laughs> of it great. because yeah. he's like, oh my gosh, like, like uh, uh, the appreciation I had for Muhammad Ali, the, you know, he grew up watching him, you know, mm -hmm. through when he was actually fighting. And so to see me like appreciate this old footage and these old fighters, like you could tell it, it like kind of swelled them with pride a little bit. So I used to do those imitations and I always say, dad, isn't it funny that I, I as a little kid, one of the first things I did to make you laugh was like imitations of the boxing commentators, right? Yeah. And now basically I tell them I'm just doing, like you said, you're doing an imitation. I'm doing like an imitation of all the boxing and, and fight commentators that I've Everybody's appreciated yeah, yeah, yeah. over time. Um, kind of like a musician, like Tom, you do music, right? What I love about listening to the new kids is like, oh, I can totally hear, I can totally hear Jimi Hendrix and this guy's, yeah. you know, attitude. I can holy, I can totally hear, uh, uh, you know, the Doors and these guys and new bands. This kid's like, these guys are 19 years old. Like you're listening, they're listening to the Doors growing up. Yeah. Their parents or grandparents have put them on, and they're bringing it to a whole new, you know, generation that would never hear it. You know, that doesn't even get the the connection. That's what I love about art, and I think performance art, martial art. Music obviously is art. The great thing about it is that it's a culmination of everything you appreciated about that art over your lifetime coming out through you. You know, yeah, that's yeah. the cool part about it. No, hell yeah. A lot of, dude, a lot of people don't know that, um, that you used to fight, you know, but, uh, and I want to ask you a little bit more about your fighting, but just because you were talking about your dad, um, and I do this, man. I do a lot of things in my life because I want to make my dad proud, mm, you know? Absolutely. And, um, so I was curious. So, so commentating, obviously, you saw that that resonated with you and your father. Uh, uh, what about fighting, man? Was fighting something that you did to make your dad proud? Oh, absolutely. That My okay. dad grew up in the '70s. My dad's a Kaji Kempo black belt. Okay. So it's like Hawaiian Kempo. Yeah, yeah. Right. From isn't that Chuck Liddell? Some, some yep. like, yeah, 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 yeah. Same, 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 yeah, yeah. same crew. The pit crew. Uh, yeah, all the, the, those guys. Yeah. Um, he was a black belt in '74. So I was born in ten years later. My dad had been a black belt for 10 years, uh, owned a karate school, like done uh, full contact fighting. Back in the day, there was no MMA. Like to be a badass, you either were like a badass wrestler, grappler, uh, or you were a badass, you know, full contact karate fighter. Like mm -hmm. there wasn't much, you know, like uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, as far as like nowadays where there's all these options and MMA with everything put together. So like that was the like badass thing to do. So my dad back in the 70s, he was like, dude, he used to tell me stories right? It was like fucking enter the dragon. He's like, we're at this tournament um, in like San Jose or something, right? And the Taekwondo guys all used to wear white geese, right? Mm. I do the little high kick. Yeah, is that, that right? Was right? <laughs> and like the Kempo, hard style, like Taekwondo, they considered like a soft style, like the kicks are like fluttering and pretty, right? Mm. Where Kempo was like a hard style. It's like very direct and like bing, bang, boom, yeah, yeah. right? So the hard style guys would wear black geese and the white the, the soft style guys, usually the Kung Fu guys would wear like white geese at these tournaments. He said one time it was like a, a gym with like four or 500 competitors, right? And they're like split uh, black geese and white geese and something happens with the team. And the next thing you know, the whole gym is erupting. Like the last scene, he said it was yeah. like the last scene and into yeah. the train. Like if you were a black geese, whether you're from the same school or not, you're out there, they're like, he said, people are getting sidekicked over the chairs and the bleachers. They're in the stands, yeah. like fucking going ham. And I'm like, I was like, he grew up in like, 
Like it was like real Karate Kid times, you know? Oh, yeah. so, so that's the kind of like, that's what I grew up with. Um, I grew up watching, you know, Van Damme, uh, 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 Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan. Like those were the movies that were on constant repeat. Yeah. Into the, I grew up on Into the Dragon and, you know, like Chinese Connection, which is the big boss. I think it's the original like name for it uh, in China. But like that to me was what we did. I was his little junior instructor with my little mullet in my little side blade kicks, yeah. you know, as a yeah. kid. I, all I did was compete with kar in karate tournaments. Um, my dad would sign me up. I wouldn't even be training because I'm just going, I'm, I'm teaching all these classes with them. Like I never, it was like constant. It was five years of training with my dad uh, in the dojo and then going and fighting tournaments. One time he's like, you don't, you're not allowed to compete in this tournament because I got these kids working hella hard. You're not, you're not even training and you're going. And you, I used to do forms and these kids mm -hmm. would like practice their forms. Yeah. I used to go freestyle these forms and win these forms no tournaments. Yeah. 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 On a it was like that. Yeah. Cause I'm doing stuff my dad taught me in the garage that he wasn't teaching. Like I'm, I'm getting all kinds of stuff yeah, from yeah, my yeah. dad. Yeah. So I'm doing all these crazy, all this like different, you know, Kung Fu stuff and, and, and all these different art forms and doing all these, like I'm freestyling katas and winning tournaments. And he's yeah, like, yeah. you don't get to do that unless uh -huh. you train and have like a, 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 a choreographed, you know, kata that you're going to go do like these other kids are doing. Yeah. But I used to have hell. I used to go have fun. It was just to go have fun with my friends. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I got away from uh, martial arts altogether for about 10 years. Started oh. playing football. Okay. Started focusing on football. Yeah. I was a chunky kid too. You know, people don't realize now I was about in, in, in high school, my senior year, I was about, I was only five, eight then. I was probably about 220. So it was the weight classes that you didn't like? You oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I was, a, I mean, dude, I was a sm too small to be an offensive line, but I, I'd been an offensive lineman as a kid. So my technique was super clean. Yeah. So they kept me kind of a chunky, like the coaches would say, eat. Don't yeah. trip, don't lose weight. Really, they should have like slimmed me. Like if I wanted to go to college, they'd have said, you need to lose weight and be a safety yeah. or an outside linebacker or something. You ain't going to college. They, your were, trying to win. they were trying to win They games. were trying to win. And yeah. I was a good ass guard. I had great feet. So for 10 years, all I did was lift and eat. And I was just a big, people would see my little five, seven Filipino, 150 pound dad and go, that, that's your dad. They thought he, my dad looked like cousin is the, you know, ukulele yeah. guy, right? <laughs> like that, that little Filipino guy's your dad. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, cause I look like big Samoan guy, right? Um, so I, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to obviously compete at heavyweight and I wrestled in high school. People don't realize that I wrestled the freshman year of high school, but I was a big fat kid. So I'm five, eight wrestling 89. That's rough. I'm wrestling 89 freshman and, and I'm wrestling guys that are like six two, like shredded 89ers that yeah. are just like huge. You're wrestling varsity. No, I'm wrestling varsity guys in practice, but not on the varsity okay, team. Yeah, Fuck yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I was a horrible wrestler. Okay. Yeah. I'm just a big fat kid yeah. without the weight to. I'm too fat to, I'm too fat to be a big fat, or I'm too fat to be fast. And I'm, you know, I'm too small to be a big guy. I don't know. You know, yeah, it's like, yeah, I'm in the tween, I've been a tweener, yeah, you know, yeah. if I, again, if my wrestling coaches cared, they'd have said, man, you're a fucking 45er in a, yeah. in a heavyweight body right now. You yeah. know, I was like Daniel Cormier body mm -hmm. without the technique. Right. <laughs> so I only, that's why I only wrestled one year. I like, I couldn't hang. Um, and wrestling, uh, it is the most mentally grueling exchange and practice that like I can't think of anything because it sucked to be on the football field double days 100 degrees the gear stinks sticky but when you're in a room full of dudes and you put your hand on the wall and your hand gets soaked with a, a cumulative sweat of everyone in the room it's yeah. like this isn't fucking right. This they'll is not natural heat, dog. Put heaters on in those fucking they, the rooms, they got these boom heaters these they, big you know, cannons and we're all in sweats with the cannons on, just 
iron manning round after and people are dying yeah people are in the corner like dying mm-hmm. you know i remember checking too so my mom like hated that i wrestled so i was like want to get my ears pierced right so i was i, I was like i want to get my ear pierced right so i she takes it to get my ear pierced and because my mom was a cool mom you know she's like a hippie mom she's like yeah Yo, you want to get your ear pierced if you know 14 let's do it I, I i'm like i'm gonna quit the wrestling team fuck it I get my ear pierced, decide I want to keep wrestling. Now I'm with a fresh ear piercing, taped up, trying to wrestle. Like, I must have looked like, my rest, I, what did my wrestling coaches think of me? No wonder they didn't want to fucking coach me, yeah. right? I mean, mm-hmm. like, but my mom would always try to influence me to do stuff so I wouldn't do these contact sports, you know? Yeah. And so, like, she's like, oh, I'll take you to get your ear pierced. You're going to quit wrestling? You're not going to wrestle anymore? It's like one of those things. Yeah. And I was like, cool. <laughs> I was like, no, I don't want to quit, right? Yeah. So stupid. So yeah, I only wrestled one year and then I took uh, all that football time off 10 years. Mm-hmm. And then at like 24, I was like, man, um, like I, I, I'm, I, I don't know if I can fight anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't competed or sparred or done anything in mm-hmm. so long. So I hit up my cousin, Sonny, <clears throat> who I used to do Kaji Kemba with. Um, and, and I was like, Hey, what's up, man? Like, are you training? And he goes, yeah, we're doing this MMA thing. Rabicon's martial arts in Vallejo, the okay. combat fitness in, in Vallejo. And they just opened a gym. They were pit affiliation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so he's like, we're doing the same MMA thing. And my buddy had been trying to get me on it for a long time. I was a big time boxing fan. I didn't even watch MMA. My buddy Mikey was like, dude, you got to check out. He's, showing, he's sending me these clips from Japan. Check that's pride. You got to look at this. This shit is crazy. I'm a boxing guy. I swear to God, I wasn't even into MMA. Yeah. All of a sudden, I start training there. And you know how it is. I'm just going to train. I want to get in shape. I, wanna, I just want to. I want to get in shape and, you know, like, I don't yeah. want to do it. I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight now. Yeah. Six months into it, you know, the coach isn't, you, you ready to take a fight, you know? Yeah. And everybody else is doing it, you know, and you're like, man, all right, let's go. I didn't even know why. I was just like, oh, fuck it. I'm training. Why not? I was not ready. Not ready. For you don't think so? Fight. No, fuck no. Well, the thing about it is Rapicon's great gym, great gym at the time, but it was for, it, it's for beginners. It really was for beginners because... Their program was so new. They didn't have a, really a grappling program there. Mm-hmm. Uh, great striking, great conditioning, but the grappling was lacking there yeah. at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get in there. My first fight is against uh, Gil Melendez's guy, one no of his way, guys really? back in the day. Okay. okay? So we're up in uh, Humboldt County at the, uh, the Blue Lake Casino. Blue Lake Casino. In, Casino. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in the Sapphire em. Palace, yeah. baby. Sapphire, baby. You've been there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I'm fighting a guy named Bo Bunch. And the guy, he, I was like, he, I'm, I'm at, and, I, and I weigh in 170, and, and like, again, I'm, I'm a tweener. Like, one, a 162 weight class would be great for me. 170, it's like, I'm like, kind of tiny for that weight class, even yeah. at the time. Back in the day, you could get away with it, but like, even at that time, I was like, this dude comes out, he's like 6'1, he's fucking shredded. He looked like he just bailed like 10,000 bales of hay. I was like, this, who is this guy? Yeah. He's a scary looking dude. So I get out there, right? And all I know is uh, basically karate, no ground game. I come out, I'm out there bouncing, yeah. like sideways. Like Wonderboy and shit. Exactly, yeah. right? And um, I see Gilbert Melendez, my buddy Bobby Taylor, who actually played Pop Warner football in, in Ventura in Southern California with as a kid, now fights for, was at the time fighting for Gil. So Bobby Taylor, my friend from, from, from childhood, is next to Gilbert Melendez right now, coaching the guy I'm fighting for my debut fight, right? Yeah. No shin guards, four ounce gloves. Remember mm-hmm. back in the day, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's no yeah, amateur yeah. ranks. It was, other than being a three compared to five minute round, like it was a, it was, it was a fight, right? Yeah. So I remember I just go out there, I throw like a spinning heel kick towards his head and like barely miss him, right? It was like 20 seconds into the fight, 15, 20 seconds into the fight. This dude took me down the rest of the fight. I, 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 I spent the rest of the fight 
on my back, right? Mm -hmm. Pop shot and wiggling my hips to get to the cage, right? Every time I'd get up, he'd just take me right back down. Mm -hmm. I remember, man, I was so dejected after the fight. And uh, my dad was there, my family was there. <clears throat> and I went up to my dad, I remember I like, I said I was sorry, that's what I told my dad. Yeah, I said, yeah, hey, I'm sorry, dad. And he goes, uh, oh, I, I'm so proud of you, son. And I said, what? <laughs> and he basically said it in the nicest way possible. But he's like, you, you just got your ass kicked the whole time, but I never, but you never lost the fight in your eyes. Until mm-hmm. the last minute, you're on your back going for submissions you don't even know, reaching up and trying to squeeze, you don't even know. Yeah. But you never quit, even though you were down the whole time. And I was just like, dang, like that was a huge moment for me. Like again, yeah. I, I'm, I'm one of those men who had such a great dad that my whole life is dedicated to hopefully making him proud. Sure, yeah. So for him to say that after that, like it was just like, uh. then I talked to Bobby and uh, Bobby Taylor's like, bro, bro's a kickboxing guy. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't know why he was taking you down. Like we thought it was gonna be this great kickboxing matchup, right? Mm-hmm. But like once you like, he, it's his first fight too. Yeah. So once he saw that like heel like barely miss on this crazy spinning karate kick, he was like, fuck this, like on your back. Yeah. Like, but I do remember that that was the craziest thing is like your first experience in, in the cage is a, it's, it's, it's surreal out of body type experience. Yeah. But I just remember he takes me down, right? This is my first thought. He takes me down and I'm holding on. And I'm like, this guy is wearing brute aftershave. That was the first thought that happened. That was so nice of him to do that. I was like, yeah. But because normally they smell like straight ass. Oh yeah. The, especially the arm, dudes, arm, yeah. So she straight that ass, homie. But you know what was crazy? It flipped my mind because I was like, I'm I, I I'm smelling this man. Who is this man? In my mind, I'm going through these crazy, like introspective thoughts. Like, I who, I am I have a stranger on top of me in front of like 400 people right now. What yeah. is going like there was like a 30 seconds of me holding on going like I can smell this guy. Who is this guy? I don't even know this guy. Like I'm fighting a guy right now. Like it was a crazy like ju- like journey, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you got those fights, you're busting those fights out, you know, um, you're trying to make your dad proud, you know what I'm saying? The commentating uh, uh, is how, you know, you, you kind of got started with the fighting and then commentating the fights as a youngster. Now you're competing. W- when, you know, when did you get your fill for competition and decide that commentating was going to be kind of a route that you, that you went down? Okay, this is a good question. And I've worked out over the last five years or so that I'm on what I call a 40-40 plan. So here's my philosophy. Um, your body after 40 years, no matter what you do to it, like the time, time catches up. Mm-hmm. So I figured, you know what? I got 40 good years to really put in solid work with my body. I'm going to use the shit out of my body and gain as much knowledge and skill as I can the first 40 years. Mm-hmm. People would say like, man, you're really good. Why don't you do this stuff? Why don't you do that stuff? Because I did acting for a long time. I went to school for acting in LA. Like I did, I was doing like plays, TV acting school and stuff like that. Cause hey, I wanted you, to be an actor. Bad. I mean, hate this. Do you do comedy? Oh, cause, cause I was, cause yeah. Well, going back even and farther, like when I was a high, a high school senior, I was doing comedy open mic shows in San Francisco. Well, okay. That makes sense. And, uh, and I remember I used to smoke so much weed that I went up one time. I bombed so bad. I bombed so bad. And then I just was like, dude, I smoke too much to do this because like I would go up there and I'd be so, I'd be so nervous. I'd be like in the car before I'd hit the comedy club smoking a joint. I'd go in there and just be like, fuck, I don't remember what. And the feeling of bombing, I remember it's just like, I was like, man, I'm going to wait till like I stop smoking weed and then like I can control my emotions up there, you know? So that's why I still don't do comedy. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, <okay>. <laughs> no. Um, but but then I got into uh, 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 acting, and then I got into f- 
uh, fighting, and I'm. This is all performance art in my mind. Mm-hmm, yeah. It's all performance art. Mm-hmm. You get the high, you go out there, you do a, a play with, with with a group of people. Here it comes here, and you walk out in front of the lights and hundreds of people, and you have to deliver these lines. Uh, okay, uh, I've been training for two months to go out and fight this dude in front of all these people, and you go out there and you and whatever you've been training, whatever lines you've been practicing, that's what you perform out there in the mm-hmm. performance. So I, I I got that same high from that. Um, <clears throat> even though people for a long time, you should do this, you should do that. I was like, no, nah, I want to use my body as much as I can. Uh, training, fighting, coaching, just beat it up for the first 40 years, knowing that my brain will stick around for the next 40. Mm-hmm. So like I've wanted to do all of these media, writing, journalistic type things for a long time, but I really wanted to focus on, on using up my body the first 40 years as much as possible. Now when I hit 35, all of a sudden I saw these opportunities like start to pop up, uh, mainly being the triumphant commentating, right? Okay. And how that happened, oddly enough, is I did a show back in like, what was it, 2014? With a guy named Kevin Porter and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and, and, and Cobra Source called Behind the Fight. And uh, I don't, can't remember where I met him, but he had a karate, sports karate magazine. He was trying to get into MMA and kickboxing. So he brings me on to, to go to different gyms and do interviews. And I remember Jeff saw that when he was doing Bay Area Challenges, mm-hmm. but way before Triumphant, way yeah, before. Yeah, his little amateur show. Yeah, yeah. So he was doing one at Petaluma at the Veterans Hall. I don't know if you ever went to that venue. And uh, he thought he was going to have it uh, uh, taped. So he hit me up. He said, man, I saw you're behind the fight videos. Uh, you know, I like, I like the way you talk on the mic. Would you be wanting to do the commentary for my Bay Area Challenge show huh. coming up? I said, yeah. okay, cool. I'll take the night off work. I'll come do it. I show up <clears throat> and something happened with the, the, the crew that was going to videotape it. They can't do commentary. Sorry, bro. But I do remember this. Jeff uh, came up after the show, gave me 50 bucks. And he said, man, I know you took a day off of work. I'm sorry that, you know, we couldn't do the show, but here's a little money, you know, to just to ease the pain, right? Yeah. Here's a free ticket, a couple free tickets, have whoever you want come in and here's some money, you know, whatever. Yeah. At the end of the show, give me some money after he got his, you know, ticket money, paying everybody, mm-hmm. hey, come here, yeah. sorry. <clears throat> I thought that was really cool of him to do that. You know, he didn't have to do that. I didn't ask for it, Yeah. right? So I remember Triumphant comes up, I don't know, maybe four years later, right? This is how long ago this was, yeah. three, four years right in between and uh triumphant one's coming up and at, at some point I was, I was like you know 35 you know 34 and i was like okay i'm ready to start making the transition i'm not ready to stop training and you know i might be down to compete still but i'm not i'm still training hard using my body five days a week coaching so i'm not ready to make a full transition and just say and i'll never say i'm gonna train for life i'm never gonna not train mm. but I was ready to start making the transition. So like I, I said, I dedicated myself to it. I hit him up. I hit everybody up. I hit Al Jostling from King of the Cage. I hit up uh, uh, all the Panda, I, I, or what it was, a Titan's Cage. Mm-hmm. Panda Cup wasn't around then. Um, and I was just like, hey, if you guys need anybody, you guys need a commentator, whatever, 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 I'm out there. And I remember I, uh, Jeff hit me back. He goes, man, I... I, man, I would love to have you on, but I already got, you know, I already got my crew. And he thought at that point, I think he was going to have somebody else, you know, some other pro fighter, you know, big name guy was going to do it, yeah. right? Something yeah. like that. Chris Algieri, the pro boxer, I think, I was going to do it. Something okay. like that. Yeah, yeah. And I think Kirian was going to be there. Because Chris Algieri was a world champion kickboxer before he was a boxer. Okay. And so I think he's like, I, I got it set. You know, I got it set. I think something fell out with Chris or, you know, whoever he had planned there. Calls me up like two weeks later because I said, hey, if you need a spot, I, I'm in. Mm-hmm. I'll do the show for free. I said, you don't got to pay me. 
you already paid what I told him. This is what I told him. You already paid me for a show. Yeah. So let me come earn that money. Yeah. Like I wanted this job. Yeah, yeah. I saw what he was doing from day one. I wanted that job. He goes, oh, you know, a week later, oh, you know, would you still be interested? I guess whoever fell out. I said, uh, let me think about it. No, I was like, yeah, yeah. let me do it. <laughs> you're working with, you're working with Kieran Fitzgibbons. Do you know who Kieran is? Yeah, I know who Kieran is. CSA. Yeah. I know what Kieran is. Oh, you know, Kieran's opinionated guy. You know, sometimes he can rub people the wrong way with his opinions. Yeah. Like, is that going to be a problem for you? Mm. And I said, Jeff, I think I can, ha I can handle it. Right. Yeah. So we do the show. And I don't think Jeff, like I hit straight. Okay, so this is how I look at it. If I know more than the guy sitting next to me, I'm the color guy and you're the straight guy. Mm. If you know more than me, I become the play-by-play -play guy and you're the color guy. I'm not gonna sit here and try to describe technique next to Kieran Fitzgibbons. I, I, so I said, okay, I'm switching my role. I thought I was gonna be guy talking about, you know, the, the, be the color guy in this. And then all of a sudden, oh, I'm working with Kieran. I need to switch my whole attitude. I gotta go from, a uh, 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 Larry Merchant to Jim Lampley. So then I came in there total straight, man. I'm going to be the welcome to the casino for triumphant one. I'm your host, Brandon Kyle, alongside my color commentator. You know, yeah. I said, I'm going to do that role. Mm -hmm. Had a great show. First show, it was, it was at the Great, and it was a really nice venue, our mm -hmm. first show. Yeah, like, yeah. crazy. Looked great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, didn't really sell any tickets because it's like 21 and over. It was a horrible, yeah. <laughs> probably for ticket sales and yeah. stuff. But it looked great. Mm -hmm. And that was Jeff's big... That, I, now, later on, I go, man, Jeff had a master plan this whole time. Yeah. So I want it to look good on camera. I don't care if it's, you know, I'm, I'm not a bigger picture guy. Yeah. You know, oh, I lost some money on ticket sales, whatever. Like, look how good it looks. Look at the product we yeah. have. And then I remember after the show, he, he, again, he calls me over. And again, I'm, I'm working. I told him I'm doing this for free, man. He paid me already for a show. Let me work that show. Meanwhile, I'm just trying to get my foot in the door. With yeah, him. yeah. He, he brings me over, right? Hands me a check. I mean, more, more than I've ever made in tips at the bar, right? No way. Yeah, didn't ask for it. Here, yeah. here you go, right? You're, you're my guy, he said after that show. If you want to be my guy, you're, you're, the, you're the voice of triumphant. And I'm like, wow, like, okay, okay, let's do this, Dang. right? Yeah. Next show, Jeff calls me over. Hey, I'm giving, give, give me, I'm giving you a raise. You did such a good job. Right? So uh -huh. it gives me more than he gave me the first time. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not even, we don't even have contracts. I'm not, I'm, 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 I'm willing to do this for free. I just want to be a part of this. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, it's not like how much am I getting? Like, he's just like, and I'm like, eh, that's okay. Fuck. You know, like, okay. <laughs> like, cool. You know? Yeah. Hell yeah. Cause he's just like, dude, you, he's like, I love it, man. You're, that, this is your job. Like, we need you on this team. And he, and he's like, you're part of this team. Um, and, Shoot, what are we going on? Tenth show coming tenth up? Show, yeah, we're gonna talk about T a T ten in, in a little bit here. Tenth too. I show break with it down in the after after I'm done asking you some questions. Yeah, I so, want to break that shit down. So then that led to um, these other commentary gigs, and Jeff's like, you know, Jeff's not like a like a possessive dude. He's not like you're my commentator. Mm -hmm. He's like, bro, go work. He goes, I'm gonna get. I'll try to get you work. Yeah, he's he gets me work. So are you only are you only doing fighting right now, or are you doing other sports? Or um, I know that you're you know you're you're a fighter yourself. So do you resonate with other sports, or how's that work for you? Well, that's the thing is, because um, I took a, a a course for uh, sports broadcasting, <clears throat> so I did other sports there, which was a crazy challenge for me. So you took that so you took that that course after you'd already been working with Jeff, or before you worked with Jeff? I after I'd been working with Jeff, I was already being paid as a professional commentator when I went into that course. Oh no way. Okay, and this yeah. is why, because uh, my dad, uh, he's always about uh, making sure that you have a structure and a substance. 
he would be like, you, you, if you're naturally good at something, son, doesn't mean you don't have to work hard at it. Just being naturally good at something, which is like, people go, oh, you're a natural on the mic. And, then, and I almost look at it kind of like, it, it, it kind of rubs, it doesn't rub me the wrong way, but it makes me, in my mind, I go, you, you don't know how hard I work at this. Yeah. I have, a, it's, I'm, an, I'm naturally inclined. I'm a talkative social person. This mm-hmm. is my personality. That's yeah. natural. Yeah. But I didn't want to be the guy that was just going all off of what I could do naturally with my personality. Mm-hmm. So when I worked your, your show, right? When uh-huh. you fought for, that was the, was that the yeah, uh, Camo State yeah, title yeah, show? Yeah, yeah. Um, I met the, the, the professor who runs the sports broadcasting program at the college I lived like three miles away from at the time. Convenient. And, yeah. Yeah. And he goes, you're pretty good at this, man. I go, well, I actually do this already, kind of, for a living a little bit, right? And he was like, oh, you you know, if you want to kind of, like, expand your game, check out the course. I was there next semester. Two years later, I get my little, you know, certificate in sports broadcasting, learn all kinds of great things, mainly about structuring and uh, preparing. Uh, uh, Marv Albert has this uh, uh, philosophy of every hour you're going to broadcast, you need to do two hours of research. If I'm going to broadcast a three-hour football game, you know, I want to have nine hours of research or whatever on it. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, so if I, you know, I got a two-hour fight card, I'm trying to, I, I do about, I, I say my minimum amount of research for this fight card is six hours. That's how much research I should put on this to do a two-hour broadcast. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's kind of how I look. That's what I yeah, learned yeah. from, from the, the, the class, the structure. And then obviously like <clears throat> just uh Things you want to try to avoid doing as far as in, in knowing what you want to intro before, before we say action and, you know, just kind of like knowing what you want to say. Um, and they also taught me um, that you want to almost describe things to the audience that they might not be able to get from the broadcast. You know, that's why like uh, when we were in Mexico, you know, when it's, you know, the wind and the, you know, yeah, the wind yeah, blowing yeah. through the trees yeah. and the smell of, you know, the ocean in the air, like. Those are things, obviously they can see the fighters standing there. They can see everything going on around, but I want to give them a feeling of what it's like. The relaxed atmosphere on the beach, you know, the fight fans watching from the balconies, the stuff they can't Uh see to give them this little sense of like, oh, you know, yeah, man, I I want them to like almost, well, and I told my dad, uh, I almost commentate like I, I want, I'm describing what's going on to a blind person. Like mm-hmm. old school, I, I like that old school radio style commentating. Because if you watch old school black and white, uh, commentators of like, you know, like old school black and white boxing footage, mm-hmm. they, they do it like radio guys. Every, everything, and he throws a jab. Oh, and he slips the right hand. And then he moves to the left, and he yeah. moves to the right. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. and a power shot over the top for Johnson, right? Yeah. Because they're, they're coming from radio. Yeah. Right. I, I, I like that, dude. Uh-huh. Like I, I like being like constantly saying what's going on, kind of constantly talking where I don't like when I'm watching a fight and there's just this. Yeah. We don't like, oh, we, don't like we don't like the podcast when we go like that. Yeah. We, <laughs> I, I, I watch some, tell me, tell me you don't watch some of these fights and you, and, 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 and like, you know, I'm not going to call out any organizations or anything like that, but tell me you don't watch some sometimes. And you're just like these commentate, what, who, where are these guys from? And maybe I do it more because it's what I do, but like, I'll hear these 15, 20 second pauses. Yeah. Because it's just <laughs> guys not knowing what to say. I'm like, you ain't going to have that. As you've learned on this podcast so far, you're not going to have that problem with yeah, me, yeah. right? So I'm very like, I'm like an old school radio broadcaster. He comes out with a jab and oh, the switch kick, you know? What do you think about that one, champ? You know, <laughs> like <laughs> that's my style. And so, um, and it works for, it works for triumphant um, because 
Muay Thai, it's a slower pace. It's not as, it's usually not as erratic. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you have good Muay Thai fighters. Yeah, yeah. It's really right? like a little more. It's, it's more of a like, it's more of like you're like watching like, ooh, and then it, like there's like a, almost like a soccer feel. Every yeah. time it like, when they get close, it's like a, one team's getting close to the goal. Yeah, yeah. And there's, cause you know, there's about to be an exchange, like a boom, a flurry, and then a step back and a little reset. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you, you, you call, you, you call it different. <clears throat> but uh, I, I I don't know if I want to do other sports because people are like, why don't you try to do the new sports real? I don't know if I want to go do real Linda high school girls soccer. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's what you got to do. Like, maybe that's what you got to do. Like Bob Costas did like D2 hockey for like two years before he got really? on NBC. Yeah, like yeah. you do what you got to do. You yeah. call like badminton if you have to. Mm -hmm. I saw I, one of the best commentators I've seen in the last year was for professional uh, RC car racing. They were doing the world championship in Florida. Oh, and these guys are beast they're, they're driving these cars. I mean, and this though. guy is like, he's doing the Daytona 500. <laughs> and it's like, ah, big red around the corner and corner three, you know, the intern take. And I was like, bro, like, 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 and this guy probably wants to do baseball. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, he just like, he just like, in his so I, I said, screw all that. I'm, I'm going to hit the niche of being a fight commentator because I feel like where I have, uh, I guess a, not an advantage, I guess, over a, just a journalist is that I've been in there and I know what it's like. One of the biggest things people say to me is after the fights is, man, the questions you asked, like, man, great questions. Yeah. Like, that's what I wanted to know. Like, why, how, why, you know, because I've been in the second round and, and took a body shot and had 30 seconds left and had to fucking survive that second round. Yeah. So in my mind, I come and go, what was going on in that second round when your head, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can imagine what he's like, what it's like to be standing there and, and the experiences they're going through. What's your corner telling you? You know, and I'm, I'm getting excited because I've been in that corner, you know what I mean? As a coach and a fighter. So like, I'm over here like a bro, like, dude, I, I. so I, I think it's the yeah. way I ask questions too, because I'm in there like, bro, like, well, oh my too, gosh, you know? I think, I think you already know the answers to some of the questions. I do. Well, I also think you know that it's a good answer. Yeah. So you ask that question. You're good at this. Bro, you are so good. As a fighter, you you're know, so good. Cause I'll tell you what, I, I've said this to people. I ask questions, and this is crazy that you just said that. I say this to people all the time. I, my job as a straight man, as the play-by-play -play commentator, I ask questions I already know the answer to all the time. Huh. Because my, I look at my job as I want the, maybe the person who's flipping channels and puts on Muay Thai for the first time to get a better understanding of what's going on in there. So I'll ask him, what is, what is, you know how many times I've asked David, what, what is this fighter doing as he walks around each corner of the ring? And, yeah. Well, yeah. Brandon, he's sealing the ring. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I know the answer. I yeah. ask him on every damn triumphant show. Yeah. But that first, first time audience that's, well, what's going on here? This is weird. Oh, that's like a thing they're sealing off. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. You know? Why would they do this? Why do they do that? I know the answers. Yeah. You yeah. know? And so it's kind of funny. I'll tell you what, though. One time I got flipped on me, right? I'm calling yeah. um, Panda Cup with Max Griffin, right? Okay, yep, yep, yep. I'm calling Panda Cup with Max Griffin. And I'm such an asshole. He just signed a five fight deal, new five fight deal, right? Yeah. And, and I made a joke. I said, like, oh, I bet every, oh, your whole family's hitting you up for money. And he's like, you have, you know, he's like laughs, you know? Yeah. And so I go up there and I'm like, everybody, we got Max Griffin here. Just signed a five fight deal with the UFC. So if you need a loan, he's the guy to ask, right? <laughs> so I think he was like, I, right, motherfucker. Okay. Oh, that's how it is. You go, oh, we clowning? Yeah, yeah. So at one point, the guy, uh, we were, we were commenting on the fights.
and uh, guy's got a, a underhook, and he's got wrist control on the other hand. He's driving his head up, and he's like, one guy smash, right? Mm -hmm. Max goes, he, he goes, all right, dog. Like, let me test you. He goes, well, Brandon, what, would you, what do you like? What would you do off the cage if you was him right now? Yeah. What technique do you like? Kind of like, <laughs> motherfucker can call me out. Yeah. And I said, well, I like, off of that position, to fake like I'm driving a hard double up at a 45-degree angle. And then when he puts that far foot down, I like to grab that foot and do that drag down single because he's putting that weight down on that foot. And he was just kind of like, oh, okay. Dog. I was like, I like the economy of movement. I don't like to use as much explosive wrestling, especially since I'm older now. Like I like, I was like, oh, he's like, okay. All right, then. Like you've trained a little bit, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But I just like how he called me yeah, out because yeah. I called him out a little bit. And I just thought that was funny. I was like, touche, dog, yeah. touche. I was, it's the only time anybody in a fight has ever asked me because I'm always a straight guy. Yeah. You, when do you ever hear, you know, uh, Daniel Cormier saying, hey, John Anik, what move would you use there, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, dude, he put me on the spot. Like, luckily, it's like I had, I had a, a good enough answer or an answer, mm -hmm. right, you know, to yeah. say, like, okay, you at least know what's going on right now, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and then that's the advantage, I think, is that if I just came up as a journalist, now, nothing against straight Ariel Hawani, John Annix, who uh -huh. don't train and they're just, they're broadcasters. They're, yeah. they're great. I watch them and I marvel. John Anik, I listen to him. I go, God, you're, I listen like a student. You're good. You're good. And there's a reason you're at that job. Um, so I'm not saying it's like you can't do it. Like you, just like you can be a great coach without having fought. I, I'm not saying you can't. Yeah. But me personally, same reason I fought. I wanted to be a better coach. I didn't want to be telling somebody they got to do something I've never been through. I don't want to be holding a sauna door on somebody if I've never been the person inside that sauna. That's just me personally. Yeah. So same reason why, you, you, you know, same thing with the <clears throat> commentary. Um, so it's one of those things where I don't think I want to stray away from doing fight because I think all my passion is there and I have that advantage of being a fighter in the, in, back in the day. So yeah. if, if I have the broadcasting ability and the like structure, like I said, the actual knowledge and the learning that I've done and, and, and continuing to do. And I have this natural ability <clears throat> to like be constantly full of energy for some reason when I'm around people. Yeah. And then I have this fight experience. I think that's a cool combination where I can bring martial arts to more people this way. Yeah. Like, because me, I grew up on that Bruce Lee tip, dude. Mm -hmm. Bruce Lee changed martial arts. He brought it to the world. Mm -hmm. So, I can't be Bruce Lee, but how can I take martial arts and evolve it and spread it to more people? Because it's, I think it's the greatest thing. I think get your kids in martial arts. I think uh, uh, adults should continue to train. If you are a grown man, and I say this all the time, at the bar, the most dangerous man at that bar is the guy who works a nine to five and doesn't train at all. The least dangerous man is the guy who goes and trains five days a week. When fighters are at the bar on Saturday night, they don't want to fight anymore. They're yeah. fucking hurting. They want to have beers. They probably want to find some chicks or hang out with their, their, their sig others or whatever and chill. Mm -hmm. It's the guys that all that testosterone built up. They don't know what will happen if they get in a fight. For, I don't understand why guys have no idea what's going to happen. Joe Rogan says, well, you don't know what's going to happen or what to do. Why are you so eager to get in a fight? It's yeah. the question mark that they have in their head that creates the insecurity. 
So they go out and then they have all this chip on their shoulder and they, they get all drunk and all of a sudden they want to start sucker punching people at the bar. You and, know? And, and, and those fuckers need weapons more often than not. Oh, if and, you beat and, them up. You know what I'm saying? And that's why they're dangerous too because oh. they, they need a weapon because they don't know how to fucking fight. Yeah, they get their ass kicked, they're popping a trunk yeah. or they got a little shank on them or something like that. You know, yeah. Or the homies. You got to, you got to, yep. the homies are there to just like, you know, cause there ain't no, it's not like honor amongst, amongst these guys out here. Mm. Um, and so I, I, I say that the, the least are the, the guys you don't need to, you don't need to worry about fighters. You need to worry about those guys that don't train at all. Right. Because mm. they got the, they got the chip on their shoulder. They're the insecure ones, bro. When, once you know what you can do, like, that's why it's like, once you know what's going to happen in the fight, like, that's what I, I kind of lost my drive. I was like, no, I don't, I don't love this shit. I don't, I don't love this shit. Mm. I enjoy knowing that if, if the shit hits the fan, I'm going to fight tooth and nail. I ain't running. That's yeah. the only reason I really started fighting. Am I going to, am I going to just curl up and let them do, or am I going to fight to the end? I'm going to fight to the end. Once I realize that about myself, now you can walk with that. One yeah. of my, uh, 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 my uncle, Tony Ramos, his son is who I started the gym with years mm. ago. He, his dad is my godfather. His dad and my dad uh, started a karate dojo in the 70s. And now me and his, and his son and, and me have our karate dojo. It's cool how the lineage works like that. But growing up, karate was for self-defense only. My dad used to say, You're, uh, I want to teach you run foo. My dad used to tell his students, if you, if you have a, an escape route, if you're about to fight, right? And you have an escape route to run, you should run. That's how my dad, that, that's the kind of karate. Yeah. We would hold our hands up and say, karate is for self-defense only. So I never had the killer instinct in the cage ever. Yeah. I'm, this is me like, come on dog. I'm that guy. Come on dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on dog. And then when you get too close, it's like, blink, like, all right, dude, I did. I did want to do that. Yeah, yeah. I have never been able to get in there and from first spell yeah, be like, sport, yeah. I'm fucking putting it on. I can't do it. I just, and I learned that about myself. Mm. And that's when I realized like, oh man, cause you need to have a little bit of that you killer instinct. Yeah. You need to have it. And I didn't have enough of it. And that's when I realized I'm not going to be successful at this. I don't, I, there's that old saying, you're born with power or you're not. That's an old boxing saying. You're either born with power or you're not. I said, no, yeah. you're, you're born with the ability to hit someone as hard as you can or you're not. Yeah. yeah. Some people have no problem. Guys like Mike Tyson, they don't care what happens to this man after I hit him. They don't care. <laughs> they'll, they're hitting that man to, to, to take their skull yeah. off yeah, of their yeah. shoulders. <laughs> I can't hit people like that. I just, I'm like, come on, bro. I'm popping a jab like, bro, dude, we don't have to do this. I'll be in a fight, like popping a jab, like still trying to calm a guy down. Yeah. That's like coming at me, you know, yeah. it's just karate is for self-defense only. But that's what's cool is about karate is like, you know, if someone pushes you to the wall, you're trained to just put your foot down and come forward with a one good blink. Yeah, bam, bam. Yeah, flowy, man. Dude. And then karate is, I call karate cavalry. I think I, the karate is the cavalry because I look at everything. I'm very Sun Tzu. Very Sun Tzu guy, right? I read Sun Tzu as a kid and I continue to read it all through my life. I go back to it all the time and it's very tactical. I say karate is my cavalry. At any time I use my, this footwork to, to, to choose a new battlefield. You know, you got me off to the corner. I don't like this. I'm against a, a hard place. So I do a little faint and I do this quick foot movement and all of a sudden I'm in the middle of, of this ring or the cage again and I have room to move. I say, like, imagine you're, you're, you know, you're battling with your horses and you hop on, you know, get on your cavalry and you go to another site and then you wait for your opponent to charge you while you aim new arrows. That's like how I look at the karate. Mm -hmm. I look at each martial art as a different weapon. Like I was talking about uh, Muay Thai earlier. That is fucking night shield down, 
fucking lance in your hand yeah. coming forward cling clang clum exchange exchange yeah. like everything has its own like muay thai i say is more like your tank where karate is more like a hummer on the battlefield it doesn't have as much you can't you can't shoot as big of a gun from the from the hummer but it's way more mobile yeah and then and then the muay thai tank can take a lot of damage because of the way it moves ding ding and it's got the power to to land big shots like a big tank cannon yeah, you know yeah so that's kind of how i've always looked at it and so and i think that helps too in commentating that analogy of, of putting it to a battlefield um that's that's what i like to do with my fighters that's what i like to do when i commentate shit that's what i like to do in my life like a work shift is a battle you know uh. you know everything <laughs> is a battle for yeah. me uh so, so. I, got, I got some fan questions and it's funny because a lot of them uh uh are gonna go like perfectly with what you're talking about right now. Oh, great. So, um, some fan questions. Uh, what's your favorite style of fighting? Mm. Your favorite style? This and is then, tough. And then, what style do you think is the most dominant? Oh, God, this is gonna be a multiple part answer here. Mm -hmm. I think my favorite style now, because I'm older and my legs ain't as good as they used to be. Is, is Muay Thai because of the economy of movement that Muay Thai has. You're not wasting a lot of energy. It's, you see the karate fighters, there's a lot of energy when you're bouncing yeah. and you're jumping and exploding in and out, in and out, quick twitch, quick twitch, right? Great, if you're Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, you've been doing that since you're a little kid and you can do that for 25 minutes. Yeah. I tell people that, you know, especially guys that only have that style. I say, you only fight karate and you're only all movement. They get that leg or you get tired and you're a sitting fucking duck. Yeah. You better have some Muay Thai, right? Mm -hmm. Now, same thing with Muay Thai guy. I say, if you're a Muay Thai guy and you fight a karate guy who can do that movement, who you can't touch with your doing, you better have some kickboxing. You better have some, some, some lighter, quicker footwork combos that you can chase this guy down and corner him with, mm -hmm. right? <clears throat> I tell the wrestler guy, same thing. I said, and, and, unless people are so good nowadays, the boxers are so good at, at sprawling and, and counter, you know, uh, takedowns. And wrestler got to have some hands nowadays. Like, it, 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 that's what I love about, about uh, MMA and the evolution. I think about this. Take a warrior from today and hand-to-hand -hand combat. Our best warrior today and take them any decade, any century over the past. Mm -hmm. And our guys will fucking murder them. Yeah, this is what good. Bruce Lee was trying to do back in the day. Yeah. He was trying to say, guys, forget the lines. The way of no way. You guys are so hard on your styles that you guys are missing the bigger picture, yeah. right? Your weaknesses. You guys, you know, they don't want to face weaknesses. And this is the insecurity of men again. Mm. Don't want to, I'm a great boxer. Why would I want to go have to start all over on the ground? You know why? Because what if you fight a wrestler in real life? Yeah. Let's think about the self-defense purpose here. What if some fucking wrestler just got out the pin Right, and wants to take your fucking car, right? And it's gonna kill you to take it. Like, yeah. what are you gonna do, right? Yeah. You're just gonna be like, fuck, I don't know, box off your back? No, I wanted to, you know, you gotta make sure you have all those things. That's what I love about it. So to say like a favorite style of like, oh, this is, I, I don't wanna say at all that any style's the best style. Uh -huh. Because of me, because I'm older and slower, I like Muay Thai now because I can do that for a lot longer than I yeah. can do the karate shit, dude. Yeah. I do 10 minutes of karate bounce and my fucking calves are on fire. You know what I mean? Legs ain't what they used to be. So as far as, as far as that, I think Muay Thai is the most effective because if you can weather the storm in Muay Thai and you can tire your opponent out, it's going to work later on. 
when you're tired and you, if you got some Muay Thai that you can fall back on, you can still continue to fight effectively and efficiently. Mm -hmm. If you're an all karate guy, as soon as that leg kick goes, I mean, you saw what happened with Connor. Connor, yeah. You, I just, it just happened. Once the leg goes, if you're a forward guy, a forward, a lot of weight forward, a lot of weight forward, and you can't fight off your back foot like Muay Thai guys do, you're fucked once that leg's gone or yeah. you're tired because now both legs are gone, right? Yeah. So yeah, I gotta I got I got say Muay Thai is my favorite to, to play with right now um, as far as straight striking style, but I think you have to, to, to be able to do like adaptability. Yeah. Adaptability. Again, like yeah. if, because if that's the thing is like, I went into combat fitness when I was training with, with Charles Rodriguez early days and um, they kicked the shit out of my leg. I was all karate. Mm -hmm. They kicked the shit out of my leg for the first three months. And uh, I said, okay, this is not going to work. Right. So then I started playing Muay Thai. Right. Oh my so my test is to go try to continue to play Muay Thai with Charles for the whole sparring session. Yeah. That is difficult because he's better <laughs> than me at Muay Thai. I always end up going sideways and, and super kickboxy with him just because I'm like, I'm, 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 like, I'm like in the corner like, okay, you're gonna be Muay Thai, you're gonna stay Muay Thai. Mm -hmm. You're gonna do this dance with Charles right now. Yeah. And he'll hit me with a couple of those leg kicks and I'll be like, fuck this. And I'm fucking- Maybe flying teep. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. Uh, and I'm like, you know what? Let me start moving. Yeah. I'm, and then it comes to B versus the bear or whatever. Mm. I'm fuck that. Yeah. I am not standing in front of this guy anymore. It's fun to try it. Mm. Well, there was one time, okay, because Charles is such a nice guy. I don't know if you guys have met Charles before, but- Yeah, I've sparred yeah. times. He's such a like, what's up guys? <laughs> and again, we talk about that killer instinct. Charles, had trouble tapping into his killer instinct because he's I, I say charles you're like a big ass like a uh, uh, saint bernard playing with a little chihuahua he's like patty kicking with the chihuahua and people are out there fucking fighting tooth and nail yeah. we're out there like he's yeah. out in glory fights like with a big smile like poof pink yeah. hey we're playing yeah. <laughs> right while richard abraham's over there fighting for his life trying to take charles fucking head off yeah so I remember there's a point in the right before Charles went pro and you know, he was just so nice to people. And I remember I said, you know what, we're gonna, I'm gonna get out that killer instinct in Charles. I was, you know, felt like one of his coaches, I'm one of his main sparring partners. I started talking shit, mad shit. Mm -hmm. I started talking shit like I was trying to get a fight. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about You're a paper that. champion, bro. <laughs> You're a paper champ. You, we sparring paper champ? Yeah. I'm the champ in this gym. I just kept talking, he, you know, he for the first you know, week or two, it's like laughing at it, right? I remember one time, a couple weeks into the me talking shit, trying to get the fucking tiger out of him. Mm -hmm. He let the tiger out, right? Because up until then, when I'd, I'd, I'd reach a point of, of like, sub, like submission where he could tell I was hurt and he would take it easy on me, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, sparring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would be like, oh, the leg, or like he'd get a body shot. And yeah. then he wouldn't go for it. Weeks of me going, you ain't shit, dog. I just whisper one, you ain't shit, dude. Yeah. You a paper champ. That's belts ain't real. I got in his head, right? Mm. And then I remember I saw in his eyes, right? I'm, on, I'm in the corner. I'm like all shriveled up. He's whooping my ass. Yeah. And I saw that his eyes soften like they normally would. And he'd usually back off and let me off, you know? I saw his eyes soften a little bit. And then you could see him thinking about all the shit I'd been talking. Mm. And then his eyes harden up again. And he, ju he just put it on me. He put me down. He put, I had to take the knee, man. He hit me with another body shot, same spot, knew exactly where it was. And I had to do the take the knee, put the hand up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And, um, and I was like, that's what I'm talking about right there. 
And I said, I never talk. I said, I'm done. I'm never doing that again. Did, I'm, he, start, I'm, did he start counting? One, two. No. Eight. When they start giving you the eight count, that's no, when you know hey, you No, hey, when he put me down, I think he put me down. He said, are you, you know, are you done? It was uh, almost like, are you done talking shit? Yeah, yeah. And my, me putting the hand up was like me saying like, I'm, yeah, I'm done I'm talking done. shit, dog. Yeah, yeah. I'm done. Um, I never talk shit like that again. Um, but you he, wanted to bring that out of him, though. You elicited that from him, which is what that was the plan. Yep, that was so, the plan. Good. And I realized that, like, I'm not gonna sacrifice my body to to complete that plan for any yeah. other fighter like that ever yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. Hey, but but I remember Jules, one of the coaches there. I go, I'd be doing these crazy rounds with Charles, and and I'd be doing rounds with uh, 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 Matt Baker, mm-hmm. Dan Black's in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan Black is a son of a bitch in a great way, right? Because mm-hmm. Dan Black will be like. Uh, Hey, get some rounds in with Matt. And I'm like, me with Matt, yep. you know? But like again, just like George, any any opportunity to get working. I'm I'm crafty. I move a lot. You know, it'll be good targeting practice for Matt. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna hurt Matt, but it'll be nice because he's, you know, got this crazy different style. And, and mm-hmm. it'll be good for Matt to, you know, get learn to contain one of these guys who moves a lot. But in my mind, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Same thing with George. And what but, but what was cool about uh, George's gym is he's like Fairtex champion. You know, he's one of those, he's one of the Fairtex FF legend crew, you yeah. know? And uh, I used to love training there when uh, guys would come in a cross train, right? Because uh, George would he'd call you over. Brennan, Brennan, hey, hey, hey. This guy's just coming, he just wants to, just wants to do a little sparring. This is how he said it to mm-hmm. you. So uh, just let him know how we do things if he tries to, you know. Yeah. Which means if he's polite, be polite. If he's not, if he's impolite, let him know how we do this. So I remember one time this boxer kid comes in and, uh, you know, he comes in with this bat and, you know, know, boxer guys, they they fit in. They got the shoes match, everything. Mm -hmm. Shorts, everything looks good. Right. He's all laced up, puts his bag down. Girlfriend there. Ask George. He's a boxing guy. Wants to get some boxing sparring. Just boxing. I came to the Muay Thai gym. I need work. Can I get some boxing sparring? Well, I realized what was going on. <clears throat> All of a sudden, he's setting up his camera so his girlfriend can record, right? So George calls me and Charles over. Hey, this guy just wants to do some boxing sparring. Never met him. He just, you know, came and wants to spar. So mm-hmm. let yeah. him know what's up. Yeah. And I just remember it was so funny because he thought boxers have, and, and every, every specialist has this idea that, man, if somebody from another martial art comes and tries to do my specialty, I'm always going to be better than them. Wrestlers always think they're the better wrestler if the guy yeah. wasn't a wrestler. The yeah. boxer always thinks they're a better boxer. Yeah. So a guy comes in thinking to a Muay Thai gym, we're just boxing, I'm about to piece these fools up, yeah. right? So George gets me and Charles, says, you know, give this guy some rounds. The girlfriend's out there. He's like setting up the angle. Mm-hmm. I want you to get this angle. Goes with me, I fucking put it on the kid. And it's like a very deliberate, like I'm taking your shots and I'm like sticking you with hard body shots. Yeah. Like I'm marching you down. Yeah. Then Charles comes in, Muay Thai guy, pieces this guy up, just hands, mm-hmm. right? Takes a little break. <laughs> His girlfriend, the phone locks. She's, baby, come. We're, we're about to start. Baby, baby, uh, phone locked. Yeah. And he goes, uh, it's it's okay. Yeah, I got enough. That. I got enough footage. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was yeah, yeah. fucking great, dude. Yeah. It's funny. Isn't it funny the way guys come in sometimes with the attitude of like that they're just gonna be superior at, at a gym, or you know, you get a guy who trains somewhere else. I get this a lot too. Oh, I trained with these guys, and this 
crazy great gym everybody knows and wherever Arizona or Boston or you know Canada wherever and then it's like dude it's like you they come into these to, they, they just think that they're gonna come and like mop everybody up man it's crazy it's also this weird ass energy though too because so at smash I'm like one of the enforcers you know just someone with bigger guys that's there consistently and um and yeah dudes people we get coach Rudy is more uh, he, he lets people come train with us more than he used to um, he used to add unlimited, like no one could come train with us really very small, but now but because of COVID again, we're no, no one can come. But before COVID, we would let people come. And come. Going. Yeah. And, um, and dude, there'd be guys that came that were like pretty fucking good dog. Like, you know, AKA guy all kind of, from everywhere, yeah. you know, but we get guys that are good, you know, really good. And uh, I would have to be the guy to, to like, let them know that they weren't, um, uh, going to beat all of us up, you know? And for whatever reason, man, like when I'm in my home gym, um, I, it's like a, it's like a mushroom in Mario, dude. I like boop, 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 and I'll fuck up anybody. Oh, you're protecting your turf. When I'm at smash, I'll fuck up anybody. You're though. protecting your Even turf. Even if they're better than me, like I'll how am I doing serve this? Serve them. Yeah. So, I'll like, I'll, no. Okay. I mean, you're going to get served today. And, um, but, but luckily, you know, Matt Baker's never came. No one like too crazy fucking good has ever came, but it's usually people like more like close to my level. But then if they're coming to try to fucking disrespect my shit. It's like a magic. I'm, I'm like, bloop, bloop, bloop. Well, and I'll tell you this. And, and we were talking earlier. And remember, I was like, karate for self-defense only. I have trouble hurting people. I can count probably on one hand all the, and all the sparring rounds I've done. I can count on one hand the times I've wanted to hurt somebody. And every single time, every single time, it was when they came in and they were doing too much to one of my lower level yeah. partners. Yeah. It's the only time. And they're being cocky about it. Mm -hmm. They're dumping them and... Yeah. Strutting and or leaning on the ropes, hella cool, you know, like yeah. I'm so good. You're fucking uh, Sanchai right now, yeah. right? That's when I go, I that's the only time I put my quarter on the arcade and say, I got fucking next. Yeah. yeah like yeah. it's the only time I'm like, nah, fuck that. Huh. And it's the only time. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. more like, nah, fuck that. I'm fighting right now than when I'm in a fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When someone comes and disrespects the gym. Yeah. And so I'm I I I I, I know what you're talking about. Uh. Especially when a guy starts to get that swag and then you're like, man, you're fucking with fucking lighter amateurs. Like, okay, yeah. motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. Okay. And then as far as Matt Baker too, he was so respectful to me. There's so many, like, he was like very He's polite. He's one of the best. Yeah, I don't want to say that he whooped my ass. Like, like when Dan would say, go with Matt Baker, it wasn't like, oh, Matt's an asshole and he's going to hurt me. Yeah. It was just, look at this. It was just like oh, an yeah. appearance thing. He'll hurt you on like, accident. Look at this guy. Being nice. Yeah. Like, he'll lightly hit you and uh, he'll be like setting up the leg kick and he'll just do a body shot. Just so that the, the body shot wasn't what he was trying to land. He set up the leg kick, but the body shot will drop me. You're like, God damn. I'm like, what? That was the setup shot? Like, <laughs> he's yeah. thick. I mean, a kid, a kid is like solid. Yeah. So I just would box with him. I'd only do hands. Okay. Yeah. And I'd run around. He kicks so and he'd be hard, like, bro. you're running, bro. And I was like, fuck yeah, I'm running. Yeah. I had no shame, guys. Yeah, yeah. You're running. You're damn right. I'm running. Look at your ass. Catch me. I'd say, I'm the, you know what I'd say when people say I'm running? I'm the gingerbread man. Catch me if you can, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But be careful. <laughs> because if you corner, I'm like, a, I'm like a ferret. You get me in the corner and yeah. I'm tooth and fucking nail. Well, you sure. know? You know? So, but uh, yeah, Baker was always just, and Dan is so funny sparring with Dan Black. You know what I used to say Dan Black was? One of those uh, big inflatable uh, uh, things with sand on the bottom. You know, you hit it. <laughs> Bro, you hit Dan Black as hard as you fucking can, and he takes a step back and goes, hey, <laughs> I swear to God, he hit me on the top of the head a couple times. Just yeah. like Andre the Giant in, in Princess Bride. Just funk, funk. Like, it was Dude. funny because I didn't realize he was so Caesar Gracie oriented back in the day. And I, so he's whooping my ass standing up. I go for a takedown on Dan Black one time. 
Fuck mm-hmm. you. I'm going to take you down. Yeah. Muay Thai guy. Yeah. Oh, huge mistake. Yeah, he he sprawled out shit. all day on my ass. Yeah. I just got grinded for the rest of the round. But you know what was cool? is like I earned Dan's respect by taking my lumps with his guys. Yeah, you know, Sakona back in the day, one of his fighters that used to fight. I haven't seen him a long time. Uh, I don't know what he's doing now. And then he's had some real killers come through. Mm-hmm. It was just suck because he didn't have a consistent gym. Yeah. So they kind of fl- come, they come and go because the gym's not consistent. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, it's tough for him to lock down. So we'd see him at combat. Then he was at arena, and you know, so he's just kind of doing what he can. But real good. I mean, everyone who came through was super cool. It was just the, it was the Dan Black team. It was the 420 team. You yeah, know? dude. If I want to get beat up, I'll hit up Dan Black. Bro, and then I'll, yeah, yeah. And then I'll go get beat up by his guys. Oh so, man, yeah. he he would push you too. He would push him. He would push him like, fuck, what the fuck are you doing? Hey, like, know. fuck that leg up. And I'm like standing there. I'm literally be negotiating with Dan. Yeah. While some guy, Sakona, is one of these guys in front of me going, Dan, you asked me to get some light rounds, some work, light work. Yeah. Dan would be like, light work, light work. Halfway into the round, kill that leg. Like, what the fuck, dude? And Dan's the one, the ones that will start counting the eight count right when you get dropped. Rub it in your face. Right when you get dropped. One, two, are you going to get up? Three. Four, are you going to get up? Five, I'll get up. And then uh, I've helped Charles and, and Mackett prepare for some fights. And Charles has had to, because Dan has been like, no, like, put, like, Charles has had to, like, kill me in there. And, that's, he, that's, and, then, and then he'll, and then and Charles is so nice, he'll be like, hey, sorry, comp. He'll be apologizing to me as he has see, to. And so you understand what I was talking about. To finish you, me you, you, because Dan's making him finish me. You understand me. exactly what you I was talking about, right? Yeah. Is uh, he's too like Dan was trying to get that yeah, out of him. him, bring it out, and he's yeah. like, does he? He's like, he doesn't want to. dude, as he's like having to finish me. He's he's. I mean, I I could. He's the type of guy in the middle of a glory fight to be like, we're getting beers after, right? Yeah. As he's fucking <laughs> somebody up, like he's just that type type of dude. But I'll t- here, okay, here's a backstage story about Charles Rodriguez. Um, people don't with the, when you're goofy, people don't think you're serious. Mm-hmm. I get this too. You're a big goofball. You know, so they just don't, they think there's no serious side of you, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so Charles, he's just, you know, it's just this bustling light of energy too, you know. So he's just constantly on and happy and smiling. We're in New York. I'm cornering him for a glory fight in New York. Um, people were saying he couldn't get the finish, da-da-da-da, whatever. Like, oh, you know, he's like winning decisions. You know, mm-hmm. you know how like, the critics are. Yeah, yeah. So he, like, made a resolution he was going to finish this guy. <clears throat> And uh, it was the uh, second round, beginning of the third. I can't remember. Towards the end of the fight, and uh, the guy is getting fucked up. Charles is killing this guy's leg. He maybe has one more leg kick, and he can't stand on yeah. it. And uh, claims this, like, uh, uh, legal foul. Like, claims he got hit in the eye or something crazy. And, yeah. they, and they, they, like, stopped the fight or... Uh, 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 he had a cut, couldn't see some shit or whatever, but it was just like a little cut. Like, but basically I, I want out. You want some rest. The, yeah, it's over. I don't yeah. want to continue to fight. I don't want to get finished right now. Oh, so he don't, he, he, you think he wanted to be, the fight to be over? Oh, the guy who got, he got this little tiny cut. Yeah. And the doc's like, and, and, and then, oh, can okay. you see? Yeah. Can you see? Oh, yeah. I can't see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Charles smelt that finish. Um, it was, it, he was like, he wanted to silence the critics. He wanted to fucking... Uh, he, he wanted to show he could do it. He was about one leg kick away. He put in the work. He was ready to finish this guy with a leg kick. <clears throat> and the guy does this, oh, 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 right? Yeah. By, by the time they're shaking hands after the ref says, you know, it's over, the guy's not even blinking anymore. And, you know, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 
So Charles is like, he wins the fight, right? Because he's ahead on the scorecards. He's dominating. Mm-hmm. Wins the fight by, you know, decision, whatever, technical decision, whatever they yeah. call it. And uh, I follow Charles back. He passes the locker room. Like, he gets this little post-fight check. He doesn't say a word. Goes right outside. It's pouring rain in New York. It's pouring rain. Mm-hmm. Charles goes outside and fucking barefoot in his Muay Thai shorts and his fucking wraps on and fucking is pacing back and forth. Fucking so emotional. Never seen him like this. Cussing. Yeah. Whispering to himself. Fucking walking back and forth. Glory guy comes out to see what's going on. Comes out and goes, ooh, turns around, goes back in. It's mm-hmm. just me and Charles out here in the street in the pouring rain. Charles turns off and full force hits a fucking one of those slide down doors, you know, great doors in New York in the storefronts. They got those to protect. Mm -hmm. He fucking hits it so hard. It fucking rattles like all the people inside. I can see her like, what's going on out there? And he's like, they they stole my finish. They stole my finish. He stole that shit from me. And I was like, whoa, like the one. and, And I trained this guy seven years. This is like this is the only time he's I've ever seen him show me how much it means to him. Yeah. That and it just and it just it was makes him more impressive. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, so this is how you feel deep down inside, yet this is how you are to the rest of the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like that's when I kind of got an idea of who this man was. I just thought you were out here being a goofball. Yeah. I thought you were out here just kind of, hey, I'm having fun. This is fun. That night I realized how how bad he really wants this. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He set that goal and that's how mad he was that he felt like that goal was taken away from him, you know? Yeah. So it was just a trip for me because, you know, you know somebody for six years and you don't see that side of him until, and then you, you see a guy win a fight. And I've seen Charles, he's out here smiling after losses. Yeah. Charles and his amateur career got knocked out by a vicious spinning elbow. I don't know if you remember that. I think it was an MTG. I don't remember. Some white boy from Oregon comes up, right? And Charles was, you know, hands a little too low, feeling a little too good in there. And white boy fucking flipped his spinning elbow, put Charles out cold for about five minutes. Dang, yeah, yeah. It was like a... Yeah, yeah, you're done, yeah. And uh, Charles was more, you know, afterwards, like, you know, oh shit. Like, you know, he just always took losses almost too well, you know? Yeah, yeah. Then I see him take this win like that. And I realized like, bro, you were, those losses were killing you inside. Yeah. But that's how much of a man you are that when you see your family and you see your fans, you're all hugs and smiles and jokes. You know yeah. what I mean? That takes a special character right it there. Does. You know? It does. It no, takes a special character. I have a lot character. of fucking respect for Charles, dude, because cause, cause, cause of the way he does uh, present himself. Uh, but, I, but I know that he's a fucking killer. Just from what he's accomplished, you know? Because I know that. Because you I mean, fuck, you can't, so you can't accomplish that shit. Without, or maybe you can. I've, I've, I've. Well, no, I tell this to Charles. I say you, you're, you're, you got enough to get where you're at if you want to be a world champion, though. And we've had these talks. Yeah. I say, look at Troy Jones. We talk about, we talk about the other, you know, 170 guys that are doing well. You know, Boyd, we fought. I said, when they fight, there is a intent to hurt bad, Mm -hmm. the whole fight, Mm -hmm. from start to finish. Yeah. You, you can't wait to get. And Charles is one of those guys who, I'm the same way. You, you almost wait to get punched in the face before you really start fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would tell him, you might not be able to take one of those punches in the face from these guys. Mm-hmm. Like, Cause they're, they're every time they punch they're, they're you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like trying to get a guy to be that killer instinct sharp from the first, they see, and that's the thing. That's tough. That was tough for me too. Mm-hmm. You know, let's see what this guy's got is my first thought. Not yeah. I'm going to kill this yeah. guy, you know? Yeah. So, and then that's the very like Kung Fu uh, 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 movie fan of me where it's like, huh, 
you know yeah. what I'm saying? Until the kung fu guy who thinks he's dope gets his fucking ass yeah. beat up. <laughs> and then it was like, oh, maybe you should have fucking been fighting from the start, yeah. you know, master. But it's just that mentality, you know? So I, and, and it, it's, uh, it, it's just, it's a personality thing too. And that's why I think uh, martial arts is an art because as, as, as a fighter, once you grasp the technique, the stroke of the brush, now your personality is coming out through your painting, you know? Once you learn the, 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 the mechanics, mm. now you get to mix them up and put them out there however you want to. And now your personality comes out through your fight. You know, you're a goofball, come and get me. Are you a fucking killer? You yeah. know, are you a pit bull guy? Like that's yeah. your inner personality showing through in your style. And that's what I love about it is you see a piece of the man out there. You get to know this man. And then as far as... Um, Fighting a man, I mean, tell me, your closest connections with people, I mean, there are very few people you can say, like, we know what happens when we get in there, full contact, no yeah. holds barred. Yeah. And there's an ego that gets dropped with guys you fought, and appreciation you get for them, mm. you know? Fuck, you hit with that body shot, and I hit you with that hook, how did you not go down, dude? Yeah. And it's like, oh, bro, <laughs> I don't know what happened the, the three minutes after you hit me, like, you know? Mm. There's a, there's a, it's a different camaraderie you have. So cool, man. It's a, it's a rare sport. Yeah. It's a rare sport to say this is you two sharing this stage up in front of everybody. You know, um, nobody else can do anything for you. And I think it's harder to watch a guy fight that you know and love and train with than it is to fight yourself. Mm -hmm. because you can't do anything for them Help once they're the in there. Yeah. How many times you coach the fighter and you like would Those die to just transform yeah. into their body because you see this submission that they can't see that you're trying to see, or mm -hmm. you see this opening that's like, God, if I could just get in there and throw this right hand for them, just throw it, the yeah. two, yeah. the two, right? <laughs> you know, it's harder. It's more stressful on your heart, I think, to, to coach and to watch your friends or your family fight than it is to, to do it yourself, you know? Yeah, no, I, dude, I 100% I believe that. I mean, I agree, dude i agree it's uh fuck bro my athletes man i don't even want them to fight i don't even want them to compete really i'm like you guys sure you want to compete you know what i'm saying just because once you get yourself out there uh uh you learn a lot about yourself you know and 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 fuck can you can you take a punch or can you not take a punch you know what i'm saying and and dude a lot of people can't take a fucking punch dude but they think they can fight and, we were talking and, about that earlier yeah and uh, we were talking about that earlier why i don't know why I don't know why. And I guess I think it's like, I, don't like lying, to tell them, I think like, they're lying to themselves. Yeah. I think those guys are saying, um, you know, it's like for me in school, I didn't try that hard. Cause if I tried hard and got B's, I'd feel like shit. But if I give half ass effort and get C's, I think shit, if yeah. I would have gave full effort, I yeah. mean, shit, I'd have been a fucking valedictorian. Yeah. I think guys do the same thing. You know, you watch guy, you watch fights with guys that, that don't train, and they they talk about how easily they'd be dispatching these professional fighters up there. My brother all the time. Oh, I'll do I do this to Connor. I'll do that, and I'm just like, I don't really know if you would. I don't think you would, dog. <laughs> I really don't think that would happen at all. I don't think you would, dog. But uh, you don't necessarily want them to, because you want them to be confident if they do get themselves in a street fight. You want to be confident in their fighting abilities. Yeah. But you don't want to put them in a situation where they're they're gonna you're gonna prove to them that their fighting abilities aren't as good as maybe they think they are, you know? So, so it's a delicate balance. So delicate. Empowering them to, to be confident in a street fighting situation and then, but not letting them get so confident that they're going to go fight someone that knows how to fight and get beat the fuck up. So accurate, man. So accurate. It's almost like, um, isn't it crazy to, to, to try to, uh, I guess, maintain an ego of a fighter, you know, in, a, in, in between the lines? Yeah. 
you know, and we're talking that with Charles, you know, you're, you're, you're too nice to these guys. You, we need you to be more of an asshole. You know, you're too, you're too much of a cocky asshole who thinks they're too good and can't be touched. We need you to get a little bit more humble. Like yeah. it's this, it's these, it's this border you want to keep them in and they just constantly are bouncing. You know, they win three fights in a row. And next thing you know, I'm fucking, uh, call, give me Connor next. Yeah. Then they fight another three and O fighter. Yeah. And then like all of a sudden they get dejected. After they get tapped or embarrassed. And then it's like, you don't see him at the gym for a while. And what happened, champ? You know what I'm saying? And now you got to uplift it. You might have to uplift the ego of a guy you were just trying to taper an ego down on a couple weeks ago. It's it's a delicate balance. That's the fun part about coaching, too. And um, there's a great book out there called The Warrior Athlete by an author named Dan Millman. This is one of my, I've given this book to numerous athletes. I've given it to Charles and all my guys, and they've passed it around. He was an Olympic trampolinist, so he's a gymnast, right, in the uh, 80 Olympics. So was, I think he got like a silver medal. He's like a medalist in the Olympics. Went on and taught psychology at uh, Berkeley for a long time and, uh, and, and taught the gymnastics team there. He wrote a book, and uh, it's, it, it, he likes to like, coin it as a East, Eastern versus Western, or meets Western philosophies as far okay. as coaching. But it's a book full of these awesome coaching techniques and little tips and tricks. I'll give you, for, for example, um, he's like, this is something I do with my athletes. A couple, couple things he does with his athletes. Uh, you know, it'll be a big meet, you know, Stanford or whatever. And, you know, I see a gymnast is pacing back and forth more nervously maybe than they, they usually do. And I'll go up to them and I'll say, uh, you know, are, are you nervous? Like, are you, and, and, they'll, and they'll be like, uh, yeah, man, like, uh, yeah, I don't know why, coach. I'm like, you know, I'm a little nervous. And he'll say, I'll hold out my hands and I'll say, uh, well, give me your nerves and I'll, I'll hold them for you till after the competition, right? Almost just to kind of say, like, you can't give me your nerves because they're all in your head, right? Yeah. So there's another little technique he teaches his athletes <clears throat> and, he, and he defines the word Satori. Satori is like a, a Zen-like state, right? It's mm. like a Japanese version for like Zen. I'm in a state of Zen. So I'll say, I'll... I'll, I'll I'll, I'll grab an orange off my desk and I'll take him to the parking lot and, and uh, I'll tell him to throw the orange up as high as I can in the air, right? So, and then catch it when it comes down. And he says, you know, my athletes throw it up in the air and then as they're sitting there and they catch it. And then he'll say, I'll tell him that moment from when you threw that in the air until you, were, until you received it again, you were in Satori. You're in a Zen-like state because your prime focus is on that orange. Because if you lose focus through one second of that travel up and down, you, you're going to fumble that orange, yeah. you know? So he's like trying to teach them how they can hone their, their focuses. But it's just a, a, hundreds of techniques like that of him going through his uh, career as a coach and the techniques he would use, uh, mind techniques, little mind tricks for fighters that uh, I use from that book. Dude, just like, it, it's crazy because... Remember coaches in high school football, it's 90% mental, Uma Pig. It's 90%, this is my real last name. It's yeah. 90% mental, yeah. right? And I was like, you're fucking crazy. There's no way I can beat that big old muscular ass way more stronger, bigger dude than me. There's no way, no way I can do it, right? Then as I started fighting, I realized, because like, I used to be scared, you know, you, you train with these buck ass brothers and shit like that, or fucking big ass white boys, corn, like corn fed white boys. Yeah. And I'm like, there's no, in my mind, I guess I can't beat them. Look at how much muscles they have. Look how strong they are, you know? But then over time, you start to realize <clears throat> that, uh, that heart and technique, if you put heart and technique together, they can easily overcome advantages physical, you know, size and strength. 
Yeah. You know? And then I also realized that for every advantage is a disadvantage. If he's bigger and stronger, he's probably slower and less accurate yeah. or, or doesn't have as much agility. So then I started to kind of learn how to, you know, these dials that you could work. And then, then that's when I started like really getting back into Sun Tzu. And then the, if you know my favorite quote of Sun Tzu, and it's probably his most famous quote, but it's, it's, a, it's cliche. Uh -huh. But is if you know, if you know yourself and you know the enemy, you need not fear the outcome of any battle. If you know yourself, but not the enemy or vice versa, for every battle won, there'll be a battle loss. And if you know neither yourself or the enemy, do not go into battle because you're guaranteed to be defeated. And I just thought, I remember that was a quote that stuck with me. And I, that's why I started training all these other martial arts. Because I said, I know myself, or I thought I did. Mm. I know myself, right? I, I was like, yeah, of course I know myself. I'm myself. I'm going to go learn Muay Thai and, and Jiu Jitsu and wrestling and all this other stuff so I can learn what these guys are trying to do. I want to learn my enemy, right? So I learned all this other stuff there. And then five years of training that, and I got these other skills. And I lost my original style. I completely washed it out of my style. The karate, the movement, the timing, the countering, it's gone. Because I worked so hard on studying these other things. And I realized, oh my gosh, like, it's the hard part is getting your thing down. It's not, it's not learning others. It's finding your style. Yeah. That's the hard part. That's the journey. And what's cool about the martial arts journey is it's an ever-evolving one. You know, I'm yeah. doing, I, I might be doing a martial arts 10 years from now that I've never done before that might change my life, you know? I know for a fact. That's why we call the gym train for life. Like, we are going to die rolling and sparring at whatever level we can. We'll be 70-year-old guys, you know, d doing yeah. it up still. Because that's like, th that's the evolution. It's a, and, and I have, I have I, what I love is I have these clients, you know, they come, they want to learn martial arts. And what I say is, I put them on a, the, the warrior path, the, the warrior's journey. I say, I'm gonna teach you a different like, way of thinking about things. This philosophical battling, life is a battle way of thinking about things, of you being a, a, a warrior on a path. And it, it's kind of funny because I don't, and it, pro it probably happens to you too. People move away after you've trained them and they ask you if it's okay, if they, hey, I'm gonna check out this gym, what do you think, is that, you know? Mm. You, you know? Cause like they look at you as kind of like a master in a way. It's a trip, it's yeah. a trip to me. I have millionaire clients that come and they bow to me. I'm like, you're fucking multimillionaire. Yeah. And you know, you could, you know, he pulls up in a Bugatti and he comes uh -huh. out and bows to yeah, me, yeah, yeah, yeah. bro. It's a trip. <laughs> it's a different world that I possess knowledge in. I have a brain surgeon at combat that comes up and she, and I showed her, she was like, you know, not turning a hip over on a kick. And I just said, why don't you step into that kick a little bit more? Like you're, I say, like you're swinging a baseball, your hips first, let the leg come through after. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. She bows to me. Yeah. I go over and, and Sir goes, you know, she's a, like a brain surgeon at the hospital. It's so crazy how these different worlds, how I respect these people. They're, they, they're so high up in their other world. They come into our world. Mm -hmm. They come into the gym and they look at us like, like professors. They, they're grateful that we show them how to turn over their, their wrist on that cross or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what trips me out. And it's funny because these guys come young and old and they go, uh, you know, especially the young guys. Do you mind if I train here? And I go, bro. I am not the be all end all of your martial arts journey. All I simply did was put you on a little path and yeah. showed you how cool this shit is, yeah, yeah. how much fun this is, what a great workout it is, and how much mentally it helps you and emotionally. That's what you didn't realize. You came to learn how to whoop ass and get in shape maybe. And you left six months later realizing that, man, like a more benevolent person because of this. That's yeah. what's so cool about martial arts. People don't realize from the outside world, 
It's the group. It's the it's the most humble group of people I know. It's a group full of killers, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And like I said, if you're at a shitty gym, you're probably an asshole because no one's whooping your ass. Yeah. But if you're at a smash gym, right, and you think you're the shit because you're Mr. Fucking Bench 315 and fucking squat 500 at the gym, and I was an all-star baseball, football, basketball player, and you give me a rock, I'll throw it 100 yards, and you get, I'll put it in the basket all my life natural, you come into that fight gym, dude, that fucking chip on their shoulder. God, so many changes. Yeah. We used to get guys at UFC, the UFC gyms right there in Concord. The guy that taught at UFC was from combat. So when guys would say, I'm outgrowing this, because you know UFC is very like, there's some insurance policies there. They can't have guys Dan Blacking at the UFC yeah, gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So guys would say, I want to bang a little bit more, you know? And then they would say, oh, you should go check out George's, right? So I'd see, you know, we'd see these guys, they're all you know, the, the gym guys, you know, yeah, they've been yeah. doing Muay Thai. I want to get serious, you know. Mm-hmm. They come in one day, dude. They were big fish in small pond. They come into that bigger pond all of a sudden, and they're small fish. And then that's where you get to see, like, really what they're made of. Some of those guys, they, they come one day. They come one day. They see the level of everybody else. They see these guys, Charles Sparring. They think, nah, man, that ain't my thing. I'll, yeah. just, look, I'll just lift weights and look good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some stay. And the guys who stay, Anthony McNutt type guys, you know, who come, they see it, they fucking, they're winning yeah. titles. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because they stay. They're willing to humble themselves. And Bruce Lee, one of my favorite Bruce Lee philosophies is, is uh, make yourself a wood block. If you consider yourself a completed statue, you will let no one take a single chisel to you ever. But if you consider yourself a wood block, you will, you'll let, you will allow people to, to, to critique, to work. Huh. The open mind receives advice the closed mind never receives advice therefore can't improve you know Mm. so that's how i like still to this day like i will walk into any gym and i go in there like with a white belt's like humility i'm a wood block even if i'm some some karate gym where they're like i want you to throw this this like this and i'm like i've never this ain't gonna work i'm not going to let you know that in that class Mm. you're my instructor for this class even though I'm in my mind, in my mind, I might be privately going, this isn't going to work. This is bull. Mm. But I'm never going to give you that. I'm in your dojo. You're showing me the respect to share this technique with me. Thank you. Doesn't mean you have to keep it. Yeah. Take all advice, you know, hear all advice, keep the advice you like, you know. Mm-hmm. But you see that a lot, dude. These guys, they have these ideas. And they can't be chipped on. So these guys will come in. They'll, get, they'll, they'll, they'll realize how weak they are or how low level they really are. They don't want to be, they don't like the feeling of, of that not being top dog or, or, or people chipping at them. So they leave. But yeah. the people that stay and don't mind you <laughs> chipping away at them. Tell me this right now. You go up to a guy, new guy, you try to give him a little piece of maybe two months, three months. I don't go up to guys right off the bat. Uh-huh. I let a guy go two or three months. I want to make sure he's dedicated before I give him any advice. Because mm-hmm. I can't be throwing advice around. I give too much free advice. Yeah. Now, you know, you see that guy, he'll, he's a little 16-year-old. He's been here two, three months. He's dedicated. I go up to him, I, I mean, hey, you should try to, you should try to maybe to do, help with the, if you did this a little bit. When they, you, they pull this shit. Yeah, thank, thanks, yeah. bro. I'm, I'm doing my workout here. Okay, dude. You're obviously, <laughs> you're obviously too good for me to tell you anything, yeah. you know? I don't coach those fuckers ever again. You get like one opportunity. But if you're humble, even if you think I'm full of shit, if you have the attitude, if you're one of those guys with that mindset of, oh, thanks, coach. And then as soon as I walk away, I don't care if you go, fucking idiot, but, but I'll continue to give you work. Mm-hmm. And I, I also noticed something else too. 
especially at combat, because when you coach, you know, the young bucks always want to test you. You know, yeah. the young bucks. Because oh, yeah. they think they, they think they're better than you. They got this idea. Yeah. Usually like those fresh out of high school kids, you know, they come in, especially if they come in with their friends, two or three high school guys join up same time. They always want to come and spar. Why do you want to? When they, they come up, and they, you, you want to spar? Mm-hmm. You want to spar? I know what that means. They don't even want to train. They no. want to spar. No, it's like your first, you know, it's your yeah. first week here. It's your first week here. And you're asking the, one of the coaches if they want to get some rounds in. Yeah. You know, usually I don't oblige them, but sometimes. <laughs> sometimes if I don't like their attitude or if I see them talking to their friends like they know what they're talking about, trying mm-hmm. to coach their friends. Yeah. Or beating up on some younger kid. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, hey, you still, you still trying to spar? They don't want to hear shit you got to say until, after, until, the, until you spar. You spar them, right? You put it on them one round. One round and you're fucking Yoda. One round. You put it on a one and they come up. Oh, thank you so much. You're walking in. They're coming. They shake your fucking hand. They want to know how to throw this kick or throw that or yeah, this and now that. Now can you show me that? Yeah. Now can you show me that? You know uh, what? Yeah, now, now, okay. now all of a sudden they're your best yeah, fucking now friend. Now you want to see it, huh? Okay. Yeah. So, you know. My shit sucked fucking 10 minutes ago, but now you want to see my shit. Yeah, I know. But I it's so much fun. Yeah. Right? Nah, it's funny, though. It's right. It's yeah. good, though. It's good. The, you know, but but it's also a fan thing, you know, because uh, uh, they're, they're, they're fans, dude. They're, they're secret fans, bro. They're, 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 they're hating ass fans because... Cause haters, dude, haters are gonna, haters are your fans, bro. And fans are haters and, and, and we need them, dude. I mean, we need people to, to be part of the sport that, um, that have no idea what the fuck is going on whatsoever. Well, and, and I like this too. And like I was talking to you earlier, uh, before we started the show, I like that when you little brother again, and when I say you little brother, someone, it's like when you kind of have your way with them, like they're your little brother in sparring or whatever. Like you kind of set a benchmark for them that they remember. Like I just went and sparred with my old gym on Tuesday and this kid kept, we did like eight rounds, right? He, he, he kept following you on spar, you want to spar? Finally, I recognized him. You know how 16, you know, like 14 to 16, like a, a kid will change into a, like a young man. And you're like, oh, I said, I know you. He's like, yeah, I took some of your classes before you left. I said, okay. And then I remember we sparred and I just kind of toying with him. Right. But he was one of those like every time you like slap him, he comes back. So I liked his spirit. Then I remembered. I said, oh, man, you're that kid. And like I say, when you do that to a kid earlier in in their training, that is like a benchmark. Like they train thinking I'm not going to let that happen to me again. Then when you show up and I'm telling you, you show up fat, you're out of shape, middle of quarantine. Mm. That kid's been sitting there training on that bag, waiting for the day where you come back and he can put it on you like, you know, Mm. you put it on him. So we had a great round, man. He's a younger kid, too. And um, I, when I'm playing with, with the younger kids, I usually go heavy to the body. Obviously, I'm not going heavy to the face. Mm. So I give them good outside leg kick and, and good body shots, you know, yeah. just to let them feel, feel some power, yeah. you know. And this kid, I, 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 at 30 seconds left, I hit him with, with that liver shot, right? Mm. Oh, pink. And he did the like, mm. Held it well, though. Held it really well. Um, but I knew it was hurt, right? Mm. So then, of course, you know, I come up with a left high kick because now he's tensioned the fucking – Pinching the body shot. He's worried about it. So mm-hmm. I come high and get the head back up and I get him with one more good liver shot, yeah. dude. And there's like three seconds left and I could see his like, like his eyes were quivering. Bell rings. Huge hug. Huge hug. Fucking great, kid. Mm-hmm. Like, good job. Keep it up. Like, yeah. that's what I want to see. You didn't, you, 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 you humbly worked your ass off and got way better from the last time. Hit me with some good shots. And then like that, see, like, that's like, 
it's, it's funny because beginners and, you know, like I say, white belts are the most dangerous people to roll with, you know? The, yeah. the, 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 the pros, the guys who've been around the block, they're the yeah. safest people to they're go with. They're not going to break your arm and Yeah, shit. because yeah. They're, yeah, they're, 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 they're having fun with it. They're, they're, they're teaching through these sessions where, you know, the amateurs are, you know, white belt style spaz outs are just like surviving out there. Mm. You're fighting a guy who's fighting tooth and nail, life and death. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for his life, literally. He like, doesn't realize that you'll stop when they tap and so, shit. So I tell younger guys all the time, hey, I'm not going to try to kill you. And if you punch me, I am not going to try to like kill you. So do the same for me. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Because you know, like some guys, they get hit one time and then it's like, oh, it's on. Yeah. I can get hit a lot before. Like, in fact, <laughs> you probably have to put me to sleep before I really put my foot down. Yeah. Like, I enjoy part of me. Is this sick? Maybe you understand this, but more than hurting somebody, part of me enjoys when someone fucking haymakers me and gets me with a big old shot where it like jars me and they look up with eyes expecting me to be rocked mm. and I like absorb it. And like, sometimes you do your own assessment of like, am I rocked? Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, I'm not rocked. The feeling of taking someone's best shot and not getting rocked and being like, that didn't rock me. I'm still here. And to see their eyes go like, what now? Yeah. What do I do now? Like I gave them my best shot. I, I, what can I do? Yeah. I've been on the other side. I've been on the side where I've hit Charles and it fucking literally cracked my knuckle. No way. Yeah. I fucking hit him <laughs> on the top of the head and this knuckle still has a lump in it, right? Uh -huh. And I was like, I could feel the jar of it. You know, mm -hmm. when you feel the impact of the quick jar. And I was like, this fucker's gotta be rocked. I look up and he's got a fucking shit eating ear to ear grin on his face. Like, yeah. like again, like the Doberman or the fucking Great Dane that's like, someone wants to play with me. Yeah. He got excited that I hit him with such a shot. We're playing. Uh -huh. And I'm sitting here like the fucking like Boston Terrier, like, oh my God, that yeah. was my best fucking uh -huh. shot, you know? So Hey, so so fighting gets you nervous, but do you ever get nervous uh commentating? That's a fan question. Someone wanted me to ask you that. Oh. It's it's getting easier. Yeah. It's getting easier. Um and it was funny because I was just thinking about this. Um now that I've done it, especially triumphant, ten times. This is going on our 10th show. I have this system down. I rememorize all those intros. We don't have a teleprompter. Mm -hmm. So the whole welcome to the Oakland, you know, the Oakland Event Center right here in the heart of Oakland, California. It's a beautiful day. We have a great fight card for you. Like that is all memorized before the fight. Like okay. the pros have a teleprompter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I memorize the whole thing. I send the script to David. He reads it over. Say, this is what you're, I'm going to ask you to talk. You say whatever you want to say. I'm going to lead this. Let's talk about our co-main event, the you know, title fight for the, you know, whatever. Yeah. That's all written down. I have nine of those now. So before I go write 10, I will go one through nine and, and pick pieces that I like. Oh, that's a cool little, that's a clever little saying here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The lights are bright and this whatever shining, you know, like, oh, let me pick that. And so now it's almost like a little plug and play that I have for the intro. After the intro, Dan, it's, it's me and my homies watching fights for me. Yeah, okay. You know, obviously, I, I do the research before the fight. So when you train before the fight, you're way less nervous. You take a short notice fight, you haven't been training, you're a hell of a lot nervous when you have a two-month yeah. training camp where you know you gave everything you had mm -hmm. and you're as prepared as you possibly be. Mm -hmm. If I'm doing two hours per one-hour broadcast, I'm doing three-hour you know, three broadcasts or two-hour broadcasts, I'm doing six to nine hours of, of, of 
training on the names and the, the, the backgrounds and the da-da-da-da and looking over the info. So it's almost second nature. I almost feel like I know these people. I look over my interview notes. I do all this work. Everything's prepped out. That intro is the hard part. That yeah. still gives me butterflies yeah, yeah. because it's we're live, deliver. Yeah. And, and I fucked up a couple of those. We can go back and find some of the ones I fucked up. Where, oh my gosh, it is so, I watch them. Well, dude, and it's like me, when you watch a fight and you say, what was I doing there, dude? So another question the fan had, has there ever been a show where you felt overwhelmed or flustered and, uh, and maybe you didn't perform your best comedy? Yes. Um, one, oh, well, actually, uh, uh, here's a couple of shows. One time I, I was coaching a lot and I, this is my, I lost my voice because I'm yelling. Yeah, 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 I'm no. yelling constantly. Yeah. So... I usually have this Jim Lampley, um, like a higher tone. I'm a higher tone guy. Uh -huh. Naturally, I'm higher. But I lost my higher tone from yelling. Yeah. So then there's another great boxing commentator, Joe Tessitore, Friday Night Fights. In fact, this is what's cool is Joe Tessitore started at Friday Night Fights on ESPN. And he, one year he did, he did Monday Night Football for a year. That's where you can go with it. Yeah, yeah. But Joe Tessitore has a much lower style, Brian. What do you think he has to do in the later rounds yeah. to get the job done against a much craftier? Like, so I realized, like, I got to do, I have to do this Joe Tessitore impression mm -hmm. because I don't have my high voice. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I found a completely different voice <laughs> for the whole broadcast. It was actually the broadcast with Clamaco um, when he fought Joe Gogo. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And I remember I was all, all, uh, I remember, uh, he's storing change in the bank. I like, I feel like, I felt like I was directly imitating yeah. Joe Tessitore. Yeah. Became, turned out becoming one of my, like, better, I think, performances. I, I decided not to continue to do my Joe Tessitore impression because yeah. I'm like, eventually Joe Tessitore is going to be like, you can't keep doing my impression. Yeah. Like, you're not, you can't be me, dude. Yeah. And so I was like, I I'll throw some Joe Tessitore in there, but for the most, I, but I had to do the whole show with a low voice. Because as soon as I went to a high voice, it, this is what it sounded like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I tell you what, there's a point, and if you ever work with me, say we commentate a show together, I got Red Bulls for us, I got snacks for us that don't crunch. Mm -hmm. I got because I learned. Yeah. I learned there's a point when you're into a three-hour broadcast where you start to dip, your energy levels start to dip, and guess what time it is? Co-main event. Yeah. yeah Co-fucking main event. Yeah. You called eight fights already. <laughs> You've been so fucking excited for eight fucking fights. The co-main event comes and sometimes this is how you feel. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. And these are the fights you're supposed to be the most excited about. Yeah. So I, 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 I realize I'm so prepared now. I got this little guy here. I pull out snacks. Huh. I pull out snacks for my co-commentator too. Because yeah. they sometimes they don't realize the fighter don't think about it. Mm. I say, you got to think of this like a three-hour training session, bro. Anybody, what are you going to have out of three-hour training? I'm a Gatorade, fucking banana, right? Yeah. You have some water. Mm -hmm. You're going to have shit all decked out, a little sandwich. You can't do three hours without doing, eating something, right? I said, think about it the same way. So I bring out the little, because I need them to be energetic too. We bounce off each other. So I'm, I'm prepared, man. But the hardest part is the lull. If you go listen to fights, if you listen to fights, and I'm calling myself out though, if you go listen to past fights, like four or five, those fights, mm. before I realized all the tricks of the trade, mm. earlier two, three, I, you feel this huge dip, this huge dip, right? Right around that co-main event because you've just been putting out so much emotion and there just comes a point where you just don't, you, you feel like you don't have it. So now I got my, 
my monster, my energy, whatever, mm. <clears throat> pounding that, right? Maybe have a little, I remember David one time bought those little shots, those little mini shots. Okay. Those help get you loose yeah, too. Yeah, a little five hours. To feel a little, yeah, yeah, yeah a little yeah. mini shot. No, little fucking bar shots. Oh, little shots. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. So I, sometimes I'll put a little, little, little bar, little, little yeah. liquor store, mini Jameson, uh. and a little crown. We'll put in our Coke just to get us through sometimes. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. I remember one time I called a show with Kevin, right? So we called a show with Kevin Ross, first time. Uh, uh, I think it was the first time, first or second time we called it, but it was in the Bay. So Kevin's there. Kevin's a fucking a legend out here. Yeah. So <clears throat> every, every fight, someone else is bringing Kevin a drink, right? Mm -hmm. So I love it because Kevin's a quiet guy. You know? Kevin's a really quiet guy at first, right? So you go, go watch that show, right? Kevin's very just like, you know, it is what it is. You know, some guys like to do this. Some yeah. guys like to do that, right? Yeah. I mean, now people keep bringing up drinks, though. So now it's like the last two fights, right? And Kevin is a little, you know, he's, he's, we're, all, we're all feeling good. Yeah. Kevin starts getting a little more opinionated. I don't know what that is, <laughs> guys. Um, I've never seen that in my training, yeah. personally. <laughs> but, um, hey, you know whatever like yeah. and i'm sitting here like and he's a little like what's going on what's going on? and i was like whoa this is great like yeah. I, there are times when i'm ringside where i just look around at what i'm doing and i'm just like this is fucking amazing man huh. like this seat i'm in is so i'm so lucky to be here like calling fights with kevin ross doing podcasts with, with the state champ and the fucking pro fighter dc <laughs> yeah, that yeah. i've been watching since Early on, bro. Okay, I've seen you dope. from day one. We you know? appreciate you. Yeah, you know, yeah. like I remember fucking really, I, I've been watching you. I've been watching you. Zach, Charles, I, I grew up with all you guys in the game. We be at fights that you guys are fighting at. Oh, oh we're fans. That's what's great. I'm a fan first. Uh -huh. oh, oh, I love this guy. Before you were my friend that I knew, that's like, oh, oh Compton's dope. Let's hey, go it's watch another fan question, though. Another fan question. Okay, okay. Who is your favorite fighter? So I grew up watching BJ Penn. I was a big BJ Penn fan for a BJ long Penn. time. Yeah. So like he was my first favorite okay. fighter because mm -hmm. of the the willingness to fight, the willingness to fight. Yeah. I just love that like draw the line, toe the line, let's go, like let's bang, bro. Yeah. Mentality. Um, and then he would lick the blood off his gloves. Bro, savagery. Savagery, but he disappointed me. He, the other person's blood. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. That's kind of he got famous after that one. Like yeah. that's when people realize like this guy's a, a straight savage. Yeah. But then he disappointed me later on. I think it's like um, for me, it's like inside and outside of the ring champion. Okay. Right. Um, so then you go the the greatest champion. You know, you start to look at it. And it's like inside outside the ring. You look at a guy like George St. Pierre. I didn't necessarily always enjoy watching St. Pierre fight because he fought very safe sometimes mm -hmm. and very tactical. Yeah. But what he was inside and outside of the ring is what I think makes him the greatest champion. Now my favorite fighter to watch is Israel Adesanya. Okay. Just because um, he's doing it his way. Mm -hmm. He's calling the shot and hitting the home run. And I liked Connor for the same reason, you know, when he when he said, I'm going to do this and he did it. Uh -huh. God, the world loves that. Yeah, I like that shit. The world loves the Babe Ruth. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Crack. Right. And so that's what I love about uh, Adesanya, because 
he is doing it his way. He's a little, he's got a little bit of that attitude of like, ha 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 ha, mm. that I don't necessarily enjoy outside. Like, yeah. I I love the professional champion. Yeah. I love the, you know who I really like right now is Michael Chandler. You like him? I like Michael Chandler. Yeah. I like, uh, uh, I, I, I like, do you know, I mean, are you following, I mean, first of all, his workout's beast. I didn't realize, but him and his wife adopted some like Nigerian you kid. You saw that. I, I enjoyed that. They're, liked, they're raising some Nigerian, Nigerian liked, kid or something like that. You know, I, I saw that on his Instagram a while ago. I said, is that, and he's like my, you know, my, my, my child. Son, and I said, yeah. what? How cool is that? And then to see a guy, think how hard it's been for Michael Chandler. I, I, at one point people were saying he's the best lightweight in the, in the world, mm -hmm. but he was under Bellator contract and. And, and he never, and, and he could never go against these great lightweights in, mm -hmm. in the UFC. So the whole world is saying, maybe you're, maybe you're the best. You know that's got to eat at him. Yeah. So to see him, to see him do what he did in this in his first fight, um, and you see that like you just saw the emotion, mm -hmm. like the years, the ten years of like like should have been here, finally here. I felt it. Yeah, I, felt I, it. I, 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 I'm, I'm a big. I just that was great. Um, so. I'm excited to see what he does, but yeah, I think Adesanya is my favorite fighter to watch. Uh, GSP is my favorite, like all-around champion, and then BJ Penn was my first love in MMA. Do you think? What do you think? How do you think Israel does against John, Jan Balowski's for the for the light heavyweight title? It's coming up in two months. Not even two months. Again, if a guy's bigger and stronger, then then you're probably quicker and more agile. So that's again, what he's it's, banking, that's what he's it's banking a, on. It's a Paulo Costa fight again. But I think, I think Blaskovic is way more technically sharp than Costa. He can wrestle pretty well. And, and he's much more, I think his ring generalship is going to be better. Blaskovic has been through the, a lot, a lot. Uh, he ain't no, uh, you know, Costa's still young in the game. No. So like, I think that moment overtook him. Yeah, yeah. Blaskovic is a champ. Mm. So that he's won that belt. He's earned that. Now that's, that moment's not going to overtake him. I think he's a better striker than, than Costa, or more technical. Um, but he but he carries power with both hands. Yeah. <sighs> scary. Yeah. But I think speed's scarier than power. Mm -hmm. I think a big powerful guy gets in there with someone that they can't touch and, and more importantly get hit with shots that they don't see coming. That mm -hmm. intimidates. You saw what yeah, happened yeah. with Costa. Yeah, yeah. You know? That intimidates a, a bigger, scarier guy. Um, so I think it's a I think it's a, a one of those fights, and I'll say it like I said with Costa. If if he can get touched, if if Blaskovitz can touch him, you know. Then it could be real trouble. It could be over like that for Adesanya. Mm. But good luck catching him. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if he's got the speed and the timing to do it. You know? Yeah, so, that's gonna be fucking crazy. I'm excited to I'm excited to see that one. What happens? What yeah. do you think if Adesanya beats Vlaskovic and then now John Jones goes, okay, now I'm coming back down to to def to, to defend my old title yeah. at 205 and I think take John, it back? I think John uh, wins that. I fight. think so because I think they're the, kind of the same guy, but John's way bigger. And John's, with but John's not gonna do. He's gonna wrestle. John's gonna you wrestle. You think so? John's gonna wrestle. I, John doesn't wrestle that much, though. Yeah, he, you know yeah. anymore. Yeah. He, he really doesn't. Just saw DC was supposed to wrestle Stipe, and then DC doesn't want to wrestle no more either. You know what happens to wrestlers sometimes? I don't know. They just I think they get so heavy into the. I think they get so heavy into knocking people out, mm -hmm. and they enjoy it so much. And this happens to a lot of wrestlers. As soon as they get power, and they realize they have power, they forget they fucking can wrestle. Yeah. And they're out there fucking head hunting with their. They got their hand in the rock in their pocket trying to like throw it every chance they get, you know? And I think that's a problem. And, uh, and then this is why I, again, greatest champion, ring generalship. Uh, uh, um, George St. Pierre knew what was going on in the fight at every moment and what needed to happen for him to win the fight, and he did what he needed to do. Mm -hmm. That's the ability to think of what's going on the whole time. 
And, and with all this emotion and all this energy and all this back and forth and, and, and momentum swinging, for you to say, it's the third round and it's a close fight. It, it, we're, we've been standing up for two and a half rounds um, and, I, and we're probably even on our exchanges. I got, I'm, I'm going to shoot for a takedown and stay on top. And, and for the last two minutes, I'm going to stay on top and I win this whole fight because I was the one that had the thought. And you see it happen all the time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Or you see the guy who knocks the guy down and then rushes in for the uh, a kill on the ground and then gets all grappled up, mm-hmm. you know, where yeah, it's yeah. like you should have said, I'll oh, let that guy up. It's the, the ability to, to put pause. And you know who was scary was Aldo and, and, and Silva were the best. I would love it when Silva would hit the guy with the shot and uh-huh. instead of running in there, they, I, they creep. They creep. And this is a quote that I, I gave to um, – I told this to Charles because Charles used to rush in. He used to rush in hands, like just going to heavy hits, right? Mm. He used to just fucking charge people yeah, nonstop. Yeah. And I said, and I said, uh, I said, uh, Charles, even the mighty lion, right, creeps before he pounces, huh. right? Yeah, yeah. Don't feel like you need to be showing strength all the time, mm. you know? Another Sun Tzu quote, right? When you're, when you're feeling weak, postulate strength. When you're feeling strong, feign weakness. Right. Huh, there's okay. like a thing like, yeah, yeah. you know, so so say, you know, their spies are looking. So run a drill to make it look like your army is all out of order, out of whack, you know, yeah, so that yeah. the spies, they go, they go back and report. These guys are fucking completely unorganized. Yeah, yeah. Then all of a sudden they show up to fight. And it's like, what happened? This regiment's in fucking strict line. How did what happened? Right. Well, we pretended like we were, did the old like fake the body shot. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah, the guy yeah, rushes in yeah, and yeah. it's like, ah, gotcha. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or reverse. Hit, get hit with the body shot. That's killing you. Now I'm weak. Postulate strength. Yeah. Oh, the body? Even though inside you're going, please don't hit me there again. Right? Yeah, yeah. But if you go like this, you know. You're, They're going to hit you. So, yeah. yeah, you postulate the opposite. You know, another little Sun Tzu thing that I kind of like slip in there. If you're a lion, because the guys that come out hitting like lions, man, you're letting me know you want to hit me with that right hand with everything you got. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're telling your opponent, like, this is the weapon I want to use to hurt you, then my job is to avoid that weapon. That, that makes it easy, right? Yeah, yeah. But if you come in, you know, and I don't, I don't know what weapon you want to use, I have to worry about all the weapons, you know? It's mm-hmm. like, it's these little things I like to try to put into the fighters' brains. Of, I, I say, I tell these guys like this, uh, when I would play chess, right, and I would get, I would get lost, I would stand up and look down at the board. Mm-hmm. And I tell people, I say, when you're in the fight, right? when you're in the fight, you're, you're, you're looking at your opponent's eye. But I want you to try to imagine your fight from a bird's eye view. Like imagine the lines you're drawing in the ring. Sometimes I would say, uh, when I'm coaching and I'd say, you know, I want you to move a lot. I'd say, pretend like your you, you, uh, feet have markers on them and, it's, and the ring is a blank canvas. I want you to... I want you to mark the whole canvas. That's how much movement I want you to use in this round of shadow boxing. Mm-hmm. Or I'd say, you know, I want all the markings to be in the middle. I want you to control the middle, right? So mm-hmm. imagine you, from a bird's eye view, if every step you took, you painted that canvas a little bit, mm-hmm. that's what I want the canvas to look like. I want people to get an idea of the, 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 the tactics that are happening in there. Because when you're new to, to fighting, you're very like, I say you're very brave heart front line. Ah, there's no thinking. It's just screaming with an ax over your head, fucking yeah. swinging away. I say, you need to become the general on the hill. And you look at those old battles. Why, are, why is the general so far away? Wouldn't it be better? Does, how does he know what's going on in the battlefield if, if, if he's up there? He needs to be in the battlefield. But if the general's on the battlefield, he's worried about his life. And he can't make those decisions because he's surviving. 
They put the general on the hill so we can see the whole battle. I said, right, I said, it's your job to, to, to be both. You need to be that frontline army that's fighting the battle. But up here, you need to be the general on the hill that's seeing the battle from that point of view. You need to know 30 seconds left in this fight, it's a tie fight, I need this takedown. You need to know 30 seconds left in this round, I'm winning this round, he got on top of me, if I can get up off this takedown right now, I'm gonna win this round. You have to be able to have these thoughts. It can't just be <laughs> slobbering in there. You need to know what you need to win. And people go, you know, it's, you know, it's a fight. It's not a fight. It is not a fight, okay? Fights don't have a guy that pulls a guy off if you get knocked down and three guys judging what happens in there, right? Yeah, There's yeah. a very, this is a contest mm -hmm. with very specific parameters that people are looking for, you know? And so, you, you know, to play the game. And then I, that's the thing is those guys don't have as many of the, the, the fans that like the Nate Diaz, BJ Penn, down to like, I'm, every time I step in, I'm th we're throwing, yeah. right? That's why guys like GSP get that kind of flack, you know, of being like more boring fighters or, ta or you know, uh, safe fighters. Mm -hmm. He's doing exactly what he needs to do at that time to win that fight. Yeah. So I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Almost like I appreciate Floyd Mayweather boxing. Mm. Yeah, I'm not a fight fan of someone dodging punches for fucking 10 rounds and then knocking somebody out with one punch in the 11th round. I'm not really a fan of that style. But God, when you see, when you see him dodging those punches from the best in the world like they're fucking kids, it just, you, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. You know? So it's that appreciation. And then with Triumphant, I'll tell you what, man. Seeing what I've seen in these last 10 shows coming up on, on Triumphant 10, mm -hmm. um, I, I've, learned, I've learned so much, dude. I'm so humbled to see what happens in these, in these fights here and to see these warriors do what they do. And uh, man, I think, what are we, six weeks out now? Starting to kind of rev up for it here. So it's March 13th, correct? March 13th, Rosarito, yeah. Mexico. That's going to be your next uh, uh, duties as a, as a commentator. We'll be triumphant 10. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I might get a, like a boxing gig. I'm making boxing gigs in Tijuana, um, okay. but I don't think so. I haven't heard anything. Um, I think uh, that's our next gig. Um, for me, that's my next, uh, like, uh, uh, for sure gig. And, uh, like, again, T10 is, is um, probably our best show ever. I mean, you see the card here, um, especially with the... I want to talk about the card a yeah. little bit, you know, now that we're here. So Richard Abraham versus Eddie Abasolo. Eddie Abasolo, he's a Bay Area guy, Yeah. you know. Um, have you trained with Eddie in the past at all? Have trained with Eddie. I remember uh, Eddie came in. Um, he came in when we were in Vallejo, because he's from Vallejo. Oh, okay. So they came in to do and work, and I was hell out of shape. I was all pledged up. And I remember Sonny's like, oh, you know, I had won an amateur title, MMA title. And, uh, you know, he's like, oh, you know, and he was an amateur IKF guy. He's like, oh, champions working together. And I just remember I was hell out of shape. He videotaped it and he posted it, and I was hell out of shape. And he's whooping. Oh, he got one of you. He got a video of you whooping on you and he oh, posted it. Oh, oh, yeah. And I was so fun. out of shape. It was yeah. just real quick, you know. But it, I mean, it wasn't like it was like a two minute video of him whooping. It was just like a little clip it, but I was like yeah. out of shape, belly hanging out. Uh, <laughs> and I remember. And then I, I, Eddie never said it, but in his mind, he's probably like, like this guy, this guy. Because mm -hmm. I was just like, tub. You know, sometimes you, you yeah, in yeah. tip top, right? Yeah. And then I remember, uh, um, I, 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 that embarrassed me. And I, and I trained and I lost weight. And I was like, man, that's ridiculous, dude. You mm -hmm. know, it's embarrassing. Mm -hmm. I'm embarrassed. Yeah. So he came back about three months later, two, three months later, and we did some boxing rounds. And uh, we had some good back and forth rounds. I remember. I hit him with one of those like uppercuts. We were like shoulder to shoulder and I like did the Pez dispenser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he kind of was like, oh shit. Like, 
okay. And then we went at it for a couple rounds, just hands, right? I was like, mm. no kicks, I can't handle it, right? Yeah. Like, give me some hands. But I just remember he had, he kind of embraced me afterwards and he still put it on me, but you know, it, it was way more competitive. I think he, he almost was like, yeah, man, you, 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 you like good shit. And, and it wasn't like good shit that specific <clears throat> sparring session. It was good shit like three months ago when we sparred, you was out of shape and, I, and, and, and you couldn't even last two minutes. In yeah. And now you've obviously gotten in better shape and you gave me some good work. Mm. And just that appreciation from him of like, man, good shit, dude. Like, <clears throat> like game recognized game shit. Yeah, yeah, that's dope. You know, like respect. Uh-huh. <clears throat> like, we, you know, you banged it out with me. You took it you, and you, you know, you got better. I'm so, a fan of Eddie. Big fan. But uh, I've never met him. Oh, what? Uh, I've seen him at fights, and I've, I've thought about uh, walking up to him and introducing myself, you know? Because I train, he trained with Zach, you know? So I'd yeah. watch him and Zach Oh, yeah, train, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, so I've been a fan forever, so I'm excited for that one. Do, do you know Richard Abraham at all? Yeah, I was helping uh, uh, Charles get ready for Rich Abraham, I think, yeah, I remember they 2019. Um, and I told Charles, and Charles, again, this is, we're still trying to, uh, you know, get Charles's, uh, you know, edge sharp, real sharp, and his killer instinct. And uh, I said, man, this guy's coming to kill you. Um, I used to say, this man's a great, he's like a, he, I think he, he, he engraves tombstones, Charles. This man literally is like a undertaker. Like yeah. I was like, he's got, I was like, he's got like five or six kids. He's like, I, I, I watched his interview. And for me, I, 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 I'd rather watch a fighter's interview than watch him hit pads. That's going to tell me where this guy's at. That's, that's the kind of coach I am. Mm -hmm. Let me watch this guy's 20 minute interview. Let me see the, let me look at this guy's eyes when he talks about fighting. Let me feel this guy's energy. Mm -hmm. So I remember I watched an interview and. He's talking about his kids and fighting for all his kids and fighting for his town and all that shit. And I went to Charles and said, this guy's ready to die out there, dude. Mm -hmm. Be ready. Yeah. And, and then Abraham came out and Charles put some knees on the boy. Charles got nice step in knee, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Both sides. Yeah. Both sides. And he put some big knees on him and Abraham just kept throwing that overhand and, and hitting Charles with that overhand right while he's going for those knees and shit. Mm -hmm. And I just remember it just, it, 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 Abraham just outworked him. Not by much. But just enough. And, and when I saw how much onslaught, hey, yeah, Speedway Dan's getting it warmed up out there. It's good. We might race that. He's getting later. the Suncoast race car ready, guys. You didn't know? We're, we're, gonna, we're putting the race car on the team. Yeah, we're going we're we're, to we're race talk, we're, pink slicks. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we're going to go out there. Uh, we, know, we know Danny was telling me about our friend next door who likes yeah. to rev up his fucking uh, <laughs> his little race cars. We'll see like, he keeps it going. We'll see. Oh, there, oh. oh, that was nice of him. Did you see he heard me? Yeah. And he's like, oh, oh, you know, he's like, oh, shit, my bad. Are you guys doing a podcast? Yeah. My bad. Let me turn it oh, off. Is that Brandon? Quick. Oh, I never mind. Never is that Brandon mind. Kyle in there? just Daniel over there. Yeah. Nah, yeah, fuck Daniel. But, oh, Brandon's there. Then, yeah, we'll, all right, we'll turn it off for him. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, so um, I saw Richard Abraham, and I realized that this man will die. This man will die out there, dude. This man will die out there. And so it's a great clash of styles between yeah. Eddie and Richard because um, – well, fuck, Richard's bigger, isn't he? Come on. Richard's fought, bigger? Because he fought uh, yeah. uh, Charles at 170, correct? Or? I think it was like a one. I think that was 160, maybe. On the way, was no. it? Charles, Charles I just, goes to 160? He made 160 something. Maybe 167. 167, okay, something okay. like that. All 68. Right. 68. Okay, 168. Yeah, 168, I think that is. Yeah. Yeah. And then so, um, yeah. And Charles was way bigger than him, though. So, yes, Abraham's going to be a little bit bigger, but it's the, it's the bull versus the matador. Yeah. You got to love this fight, yeah. you know? This is the guy that is going to die coming forward to hurt you versus the guy that's, like, super evasive, smooth as fuck, make you miss, make you pay, lots of tricks and games to mm -hmm. get a guy like Abraham to, to double clutch 
Abraham's the type of guy to say, fuck that, I'm going through it. Yeah. And just, I want this. Fighting in Mexico on the beach. Guys, the venue last time, do you remember? I Sick mean, the, as shit ever. The sunset. Sick as shit ever. Guys, I'm not, I, I can't, I'm not, I'm not allowed to divulge all the information. Mm. But I want you to imagine, I, I want you to imagine going to Rosarito for a fight. <clears throat> and walking into a cl like a, a club right on the beach, like Papas and Beer, that is built out specifically to hold fights. Imagine walking through a bar with screens everywhere and windows in the back where you look down and the ring is behind the bar and people are fighting and tables along in the, in the sand around the palm trees and with the ring in the middle yeah. of this huge beach club in Rosarito. Guys, imagine that because... Yeah, yeah. Something like yeah. that uh -huh. might be happening much sooner than later. Imagine having a destination fight place where people will go just, just to fight. Nothing against, uh, 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 you know, Biloxi Falls, Mississippi at the Feather Ranch Casino or wherever yeah. these yeah. fights are getting. Nothing against it. I'm glad, you know, every, we got to get fights everywhere. Mm -hmm. But imagine having a fight destination that like rivals Thailand. Or, or fighting in Japan, right here in our hemisphere, right here yeah. in, in Rosarito. Like, these are things that are like on the horizon, guys. Imagine having a, 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 a league that, that crosses all platforms, you know, MMA, Muay Thai, boxing, jujitsu, you know, mm. that is willing to put on and, and give these fighters like a real experience, you know? No, yeah. The big show experience until it's the big show. You know what I mean? Jeff is, he's a trip, dude. Everything he's told me he's going to do, he, like, he told me all this shit a long time ago, guys. Yeah. Like, things that, like, he, I mean, I'm talking, I thought he was crazy. You're fucking nuts, bro. I hear promoters all the time. You are nuts, dude. Ah, we're going to go international one day. We're, for, oh, first, we're going to go to Vegas. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to Vegas, Grant. Yeah. I, no one goes from the Bay to Vegas. Three shows in Vegas later. We're going international, man. We're going international. We ain't going international. Pandemic hits. Can't throw any shows. Next triumphant, fucking Mexico. Like, what? Yeah. Right? Right? You know, Jeff, you know, he, had, he has a license in Florida, right? Does he really? Yeah, he, he, he's the man, dude. He's got he, a license in Florida. He wears many hats. Yes, he wears many hats. He's, he's, he's got promoter's licenses in Florida. So... Let's just say if you guys, if, if anybody might be interested in taking a vacation to, I don't know, Miami in, I don't know, June, you might be able to, or and how about a, how about a, a job vacation fighters? Mm -hmm. You guys, if you fighters like Miami, there might be opportunities to, I don't know, fight in Miami in the summertime for a triumphant, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There might be an opportunity down the line. It might already be in the works to, I don't know, fight in Thailand for a triumphant. Can you imagine American Muay Thai promotion putting on a fight in Thailand? Like, like these are things that like are definitely possibilities that triumphant is kind of. They're doing it, baby. They're, and they're looking into these type of things. Triumphant I'm not MMA. making any promises, yeah, yeah. but. Well, they I, announced triumphant MMA is going to be in yes, Vegas. Yes. That's, that's going to be this year. Jugo yeah. John Licata is going to, uh, is going to kind of um, round that up. Jeff will be CEO. John will be president and kind of in, in charge of operations for that. Um, and we're, I think we're going to fire that up uh, probably after, definitely after, obviously after the March show, um, 
maybe maybe hopefully a spring but maybe you know depend it all depends on the pandemic guys you know how it is Deb. i mean you guys are just waiting just waiting till you can not have to lose your ass ticket sales are important for amateur fights man yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what it's all about you know we don't have big sponsorships you know we need our we need the fans we need the families of fans to be able to come to fights and and then concessions like that's this is you know it's yeah, and, 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 and this is what gets me is fighters think promoters are like, they're all, promoters are greedy. And just like, promoters are not making that much money off you guys. Give yeah. me a fucking break. Yeah. You act like these guys are like fat cats. I'm like, most of these promoters have other uh, lucrative businesses that help to put on these fights because they love this shit. This is a passion sport. Yeah. So for these guys, it's funny when you see these guys that get these ideas that all these promoters like Jeff and shit like that. Jeff puts, you know, this is a passion of his, you know, this is for the love of the game. Like, you know, it's like, of course we want to grow our promotions. And of course we would like to make profit off of it, but it's not the reason we're in these games right now. We love this shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We love it. And that's, so if we're going to put our, you know, if you're going to invest into something, you're going to invest into something you love that you want to grow, that you want to love, you know? So that's what I love about Jeff and Jeff fought too. Jeff off you know, pro MMA for the Playboy Mansion back in the day. You know he, was that? Telling, yeah, he was telling us about it on the show. That's a, you know. So, like, you know, he's been in there, too. He's been the guy on the other side. He's been the, like, I don't know what's going on fighter while he's getting paid probably nothing to go and fight out there, yeah. you know? Yeah. He's felt that feeling of being, you know, that guy. He knows what those fighters are going through. So with triumphant shows, man, that's what I mean. It's like he, he, he feels for him, dude. But on the other side, Jeff's a fighter, too. Sometimes we got fighters that step. Bro, we have fighters that step to us, dude. Mm -hmm. They don't realize. Yeah. They treat us like we're promoters. Yeah. Like a guy who treats, you know, like we're, like we're just yeah, yeah. We're just business guys or just, or you're just a commentator. You know, they don't realize. Mm -hmm. So sometimes they be, they be stepping to us, man, after fights or during negotiations. I hear stories. And Jeff's like, I seriously, I had to like hold myself back. This guy was talking to me like, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen right now. Yeah, He's yeah, like, yeah. are you fucking kidding me, bro? Yeah. It's crazy the egos these guys have, dude. So, um, so yeah, Jeff in his matchmaking, like, again, like, how did he get rich? And how did he got rich and Eddie as the main event, triumphant 160 pound title fight. And then Cody Jerome, who I haven't got to see fight personally, but I know he's a beast, and he's gonna fight the guy Zach just fought. Yeah, yeah, for that, yeah. Ross, who is a who's sharp? That kid's sharp, you know. Ross is a beast, dude. He's, dude, he's really fucking good, hey, man. Because Zach Smooth was hitting like him too. with some shots, yeah. and he would not relent. Hey, there was a minute where I thought Zach was gonna like he was starting to, a little bit. Yeah. He was starting to uh, uh, put cracks in mm -hmm. the dam, yeah. and I thought it was with enough pressure. But dude, he Ross like rose back, mm -hmm. and I was impressed with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, because you know he wasn't expecting Zach to come out like that, and he over he overwhelmed him a little bit in the middle rounds. Mm -hmm. Zach looked good. I mean, uh, Zach full camp, yeah, that fight full good. camp might be different fight. You yeah, know, it would have been a little different for sure. Had to be right because Zach's a pressure guy, and, and uh, you you need conditioning though to, to pressure. You yeah, but do. hey, Zach looked great. Like, I I was like, dude, I can't believe he took the, the, the short notice he took that fight on. Yeah. Um, how how conditioned he was. Yeah. Well, then I talked about his conditioning regimen, and it was like hundreds of things a day he does a zillion motherfucker yeah I, so I, 400 kicks and you know yeah. two 400 teeps and fucking 300 push-ups and, and he does the, he does those zillion sit-ups i go and train with him and when i go up there and he does all that shit and i do some of it i'll do like 100 teeps and then i'll do like 100 sit-ups you'll do like a 50 percent. yeah and then he'll just keep doing all of this i'm just like damn this fucker's serious we're doing all that for no reason right now you know no fights coming up just we're just gonna he's a he's what i call a um 
uh, if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready, fighter. Yeah. And that's a rare breed. Mm. That's a rare breed. That's tough. I mean, I think that's what, what what's tough with me was fighting is like I'd take a fight and then I'd get fat as fuck, man. Like as much dieting and training as I do, I would I would just my brain would want to go the complete opposite yeah. way. So two months of that means two months of debauchery yeah, yeah, and yeah. gluttony yeah. and laziness. Now I'm like 30 pounds overweight and I gotta lose that just to get a fight again. You know, oh, it's yeah, just yeah. I like I just was no I had no I didn't have that everyday discipline that Zach has. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where Charles Rodriguez has it too. Charles Rodriguez is out there, you know, morning, workout, weights, sparring, running. It's like every day. I see him do it every day. It, it marvels me. I mean, people go, why don't you fight anymore? I say, do you, look at what these guys have to do to get ready for a fight. Are you fucking kidding me? Look, yeah. why don't you fight, asshole? Yeah. Like, you, you think this is easy? Mm. I know how hard it is. That's why I don't want to fucking do it. Because, like, it's such a sacrifice. Well, even Deborah was like, hey, uh, you and Brandon are going to uh, spar. And I was like, but... but, but I was like, okay, we'll do that. But, uh, but people love like volunteering other people to punch each other in the face. I was like, Deborah, next show, we're going to have someone, uh, we're going to have someone here for you to spar, you know? Yeah. And she was like, no, she's like, I'm not going to spar. I was like, yeah, cause it's just, you know, it's fun to watch people punch each other in the face, you know? But, uh, but also speaking of girls fighting, um, fuck Jeff put together a mean one, dude. With oh, these, oh, with these ladies, the Magalay and Cynthia, Magalay and Cynthia. Yeah. Cause they both put on amazing performances. On I, I'll never forget. Ma- Magalay fought, uh, and the fight before this one, she broke a girl's arm in two. A girl went to uh, block no, a, wait, ki- a kick. Yes. Magalay throws a kick. The girl uh, throw does, she doesn't, uh, uh reinforce. Uh huh. She, her hand is, it's, she goes out to do like a karate block. Right. So she absorbs the kick. Bing, bang. Next thing you know, they step back and the girl's arm is hanging done, and the huh? bone you can poking Damn. you can see it poking that's through. a scary girl to fight you can jar and then you saw what she did last fight in, in, in Rosarito and uh, relentless um, that was a good fight for her too because she took some damage and then you saw Cynthia's it's, it's, uh, so you got Cynthia Flores who's going to be aggressive but in a left to right movement numbers aggression mm-hmm. Magalay is much more of a patient traditional like tie fighter you know she's like poking poking sticking hard Stick hard, stick hard, poke, move. Mm. So you'll see movement versus more of a, a of a stationary style there. Um, so yeah, that that is probably the we've had a, like we've had a like a, a plethora of great girl fights. We've had a Zola a Frausto fight. We've That's had right. Jenna Fabian fight for us. I mean, we've had some stellar girl fights. Yeah. Um, and I think Magalay and Cynthia is kind of like the next generation of great female fighter, Muay Thai fighter mm. coming up right here. Yeah, yeah. So this is kind of one of those fights where they're probably both going to have great careers and they'll look back on the time they fought on that triumphant 10 card, you know, yeah, as yeah. they go off and everything. they'll probably, we'll, we'll probably have, maybe have them again. It might be that, I think it has the potential to be that kind of fight where people might want to see her, see it again. Yeah. Okay. It might be that good. Yeah, yeah. It might be that much of a style back and forth. Uh, it's, 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 it's tough to call those type of fights because it's like that football team. Well, if they play their best football and they don't play their best football, they can win and vice versa. That's how most of Jeff's matchups are. Yeah. He matches them up well to where it, it could go. Most fights could go either way. Very rarely do you see someone come and just get steamrolled out mm. there. I mean, sometimes it happens, you know, if fighters on short notice or, you know, we're matching guys up. You know, it's tough, dude. We've never seen these, a lot of these Mexican guys fight. You know, we yeah. got, you know especially the early in the amateur cards, you know, debut guys. We don't know. But we got we saw guys that are are coming back on this on this fight card from last time that it's like oh damn like I didn't realize how good the Mexican Muay Thai was like 
I, they they got some solid fighters down oh, there. Oh yeah. You know, and plus they have the Mexican fight mentality. Yeah. With a Muay Thai style, like you see a lot of boxers. But when you see that like Mexican, like, yeah, let's do this with a Muay Thai style, it, it is very Muay Thai. It's very machismo. Muay Thai is a very machismo sport. It's very, oh, what do you got, bud? Way, hey, yeah. oh, you like that? This is what I got. Oh, it's a very, hey, come on, man, what you got? Yeah, yeah. So it's perfect for Mexicans. Because huh. they're, they're, they're 100%. Come on, man, what you got? Yeah. Right? Oh, 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 hey, yeah. right? <laughs> and so it's, 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 it's like, it's cool to see how big of a following is down there. Um, just because you think of Mexico, especially Tijuana, that area is like, oh, there's more than boxers down there. Yeah. Got a nice MMA scene coming up too. That 125er that just fought for Mexico for the title against uh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Dang yeah. It. What's his name? Uh, Brandon Moreno. Uh, Moreno. Yeah. Woo! He was a beast. I he could have won that. that he he might have seen your first Mexican champion right there. Yeah. You know, so I think we're gonna see a Mexican MMA champion as well as Muay Thai champions coming through. They're more than just boxing nowadays. I'll tell you what, they brought that Mexican fighting spirit into the other fighting sports. And I'm excited to see what's going to happen with, the, with that crew down there coming up. And it's great to be able to bring our best down to fight their best. Yeah, I mean, fuck. I mean, that just feels like something that's going to be sustainable as far as throwing more shows. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Can't wait to bring them up. Yeah. Bro, dude, I love, I, love, I love when you see these guys that are like, whoa, these, these guys down there, you know. And then you, so you get these guys, they don't have, you know, they, it's a, this is a nice show for Mexico. So these Mexican fighters are like, oh my gosh, this is press conference yeah, like, yeah. by the pool. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Then you got these American fighters that are, you know, probably you guys are thinking the same thing. We're, I kept saying, we're in fucking Mexico right now, yo. We're in Mexico right now. Yep. And these fighters are like, I'm fighting in Mexico right now. Like, I'm like, you are, dude. Like, yeah. it's, such a, it's, it's, it's such a cool vibe that, T, that, 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 that T10 is bringing that triumphant brings every time. Um, and it's such a vibe thing too. And that's what I love about the click is like, Jeff, if he brings somebody in, the whole crew, me, Zay, David, him, right? Everyone's gotta be feeling the guy. It's a vibe thing. Hmm. He brings in a guy and someone's going, ah, he's kind of this or that, or I don't like his personality, or he's, you know, he's talking about himself a lot and what he deserves or what he should be getting and hmm. why is he not doing this? We get any of that kind of vibe, they're done. You seen, you know, we got a, you see how many announcers we've been through, you know, yeah. you gotta, you gotta do two things. You gotta show up and do your job. Right. And, and, and realize that you're part of a team. Like Jeff's the man, he's the CEO of the company, but dude, he like instills in all of us that every piece is important. Couldn't do it without you, Brandon. Couldn't do it without this guy. Couldn't do it without Mondo, the global sports streaming guy, you know, mm -hmm. the guy who does our stream. That's what I like about it. He's a good leader in that sense where he empowers his people. Some leaders are very controlling of their people, you know, some, especially CEOs, guys like that, you know, it's my show. I want it my way. Uh -huh. I want you to say this just like this. And I want you to do it like that. From day one, Jeff's like, bro, do what you do. He saw what I did after that first show, bro, however you want to do it, you do it. I'll let you do, you can do the openings. Like I'll say like, do you want me to send you the right, the write up for the opening? You want to proofread it if you want to, but it's all good. Mm -hmm. Like, I trust you to do your job. Nice. Delegation of responsibilities is hard for, 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 for leaders sometimes. Some, you know, you know, control freaks, you know, because like Jeff wants to, you know, I know that's against his nature. I know he wants to, he wants, he wants to be able to he, touch yeah. everything as it goes through. Yeah. And most, most people that are successful like to be in control of as much as they can. But there comes a point where, you know, things get 
too big for one person to control. And you have to entrust and delegate responsibilities and, and have faith in the people that you have to do those responsibilities or else it's not going to work. Because if the, if the CEO is so stretched, so thin, and he can't delegate and trust, you know, his CTO, you know, or Zay or, or, uh, or the commentator to do the commentating or the ring announcer to do the ring announcer. He's got to stress about all this stuff. He can't let it go. He's not, it's not going to get done the way it gets done. So almost like putting the pieces together to culminate, I think is why triumphant is successful um, because I think it's a vibe thing. I think the fighters, fighters, I feel it, you know, they feel we've all fought. They, they enjoy it, that, that we respect them and we're fans. And then that's the thing. It's like, um, you know, I think some, you know, people who get into promotions or money guys, I say the, the money, money promoters only, mm -hmm. you know, they're not, they don't have the real love for it. Matt McGovern. I think they, I think I'll, I just, I'll just move, you know, <laughs> rush right through that. <laughs> I, I just bad. let that, let you, no, no, yeah, I'll let you ahead. drop it. Keep going, yeah. Drop that and then just give a pause, yeah. mark that down. Yeah. And then <laughs> those, I think what happens with, I think there's some guys that just like to control guys. I think, you know, you got this little nerdy uh, accounting guy who makes a bunch of money. Now I'm going to start this promotion. And like this big tough guy that bullied me in high school, I get to control you now. Yeah. You're my fighter. You fight for my organization. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Who do you think you are? This is my show. Jeff and everybody in our organization has a, an outlook of, we couldn't do this without you, man. To the Eddie and, and Richard, down to the opening amateur fight. Yeah. We treat those amateur fights. Thank you. We appreciate you for you. You're a part of this show. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a cast and ensemble. That's how we look at it. Like a play. Even if you're the guy who comes in and has one line, the show doesn't make sense without that guy that come in and does one line. Even yeah. if you're the amateur opening, you know, fighter for the card, like we need you. Even, so, even if you're just the tree in the play that just, that's, what, that, if that what, tree wasn't there. What would the forest scene be without the trees? Yeah, Painted yeah. with the faces brown and the faces cut out. Right? We need the trees. And so I think that's why it's successful and we keep having fighters that are willing to come and, and come and fight for us. And that, bro, we get hit up a lot. You, it's so crazy because I don't have any guys. Listen, I don't have any control. I don't do any of the matchmaking. I'm going to say that. Yeah. Please stop hitting me up. Yeah. You know how many fighters from all over the fucking world that I've met? Hit me up like, hey, man, um, do you have anything to do with the matchmaking? I go, hit up Jeff, hit up Zay. And you know what I realized? Jeff does that on purpose. Yeah. He lets me commentate. Because sometimes I'm like, I'm like, I know that like, he could use help and I could, be, I could be helping out with that matchmaking. But he, all of a sudden now, that's going to muck up my stuff. Because now my, I, I need to focus on this mm -hmm, and having sense. an unbiased view of this, right? And if all of a sudden I'm in here now, I'm matchmaking, I'm not as focused on commentating because I'm over here worried about he fell through and da-da-da-da. Jeff says, I'll take care of all that. You know, you worry about your job. It's very head football coach. Just do your job mm -hmm. and everything will work out just fine. Yeah. You know, don't worry about other people's jobs. And so that's why Triumphant works. And um, now that uh, COVID hit, dude, we are like getting blown up. Uh, he gets 100 messages a day from fighters. Mm -hmm. It's so funny because I'll, I'll open the Facebook and I'm still like, you know, like I'm a moderator. So I get all the messages and some, you know, you know, dude from Zimbabwe. They always these African pro fighters that look like monsters. They're like all chest and arms and yeah. like, like ripped ass guys kicking tires and shit like that. And, 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 and like, you know, these dirt gyms in, in Africa asking to get on the triumphant. I'll be like, Jesus, like the spread is getting out. There's these guys, all these guys from Europe and Russia and, mm -hmm. and Asia. I'm like, fuck, you know? And, um, and I'm always like, I can't help you guys. Sorry. You know, yeah. talk to Jeff, you know?
But um, since COVID hit, we've had even bigger influx of fighters. Everybody wants to come. Guys that fight for uh, other organizations, like Rich is a glory fighter. Yes, he is. But there's no glory fights going on. Mm -hmm. You know what I liken it to? Remember that scene in uh, 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 Forrest Gump, right? So he buys the Jenny, and he ain't catching nothing but boots and a couple shrimp. And then that storm hits, right? And all the boats get destroyed. And, he, and the only boat left on, on, on the Delta is his Jenny. And all of a sudden, what happens? Boom, they get all the shrimp. So what happened here is COVID was like a big storm for all these promotions. It came and it, and it wiped them out. They're not doing shows. They can't feed fighters, right? Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, fucking Jeff gets old Jenny T9 up and running in Rosarito. Go, 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 go. Yeah. We got a boat on the water. Yeah. People are going, whoa, these guys are, there's a boat, right? Yeah. So all of a sudden, all these, we're catching all these shrimp. These people are trying to hop on the boat because there's not too many boats out there right now. And what I didn't realize, it's like, at, at first I was like, man, COVID might kill Triumphant. I was like, we don't do a show for a year. You know how it is with the promotion. You got to get your steam back. You had all that yeah. shit going. We were in Vegas last time. What are we going to do? How do we continue to advance? How do we not go back to doing a local show trying to, you know, scrounge enough ticket sales from the local shows to go back to Vegas or do something big? Somehow he puts, I don't know how he does it. He, you know, he puts together this show in Rosarito and now all of a sudden people, all of a sudden people see the show and dude, after T9 guys, it's nonstop. People yeah. like, people that we never thought would be, you know, like asking us to get on our card or asking to get on our card. Dope. And, and it's awesome. Uh. Because I think they realize two things. They think they realize they, 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 um, um, they, obviously they need to fight. But, but another thing, too, is we're full rules Muay Thai. So these glory guys, a lot of these glory guys came up in full rules Muay Thai. Yeah. And now they're fighting glory. So another, another thing we offer is another professional full rules Muay Thai organization for them to fight at in America, um, which are super rare, guys. Yeah. Super rare. So, you know, so we have like a twofold appeal right now. First of all, we're one of the few shows that are consistently, you know, still doing it, you know, and we offer these guys like Rich. Mm. Somebody posted, when's the last time Rich fought Full Rules Muay Thai? I said, too long. I guarantee you he missed. Yeah. A guy like Rich? Yeah. Strong guy, get in the clinch, throw elbows? Jeez, I'm sure he's missed those weapons. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know Charles misses them. Mm. You know, and so if you fell in love with Muay Thai and you try to transfer over to straight kickboxing, isn't it, it, it ain't easy. Yeah, it is not easy. So we offer those things. And, and that's why I think we have these great cards and we get these great cards, great matchups. Um, obviously, like, dude, there's not too many uh, promotions that are doing it like and we're not doing it on the cheap either. Yeah. You know, you might see some promotions that are like, you know, because they can't have ticket sales. They can only stream their fight. So now they got to, but they still got to pay all these commissioner fees and all the same fees that they had to pay without any recomp. They still got to pay for the venue. There's no recomp on this with ticket sales, no, no concessions. Yeah. So, you know, you, all these shows going down and it's not like, I, I love these other shows. Like the San Diego has the versus show. They have, that's great. Versus putting on shows. Good. Keep, keep the triumphant guys warm until we have another show. No, yeah. you know, and, and, and I saw they, they had a show. They were ready to go the Sunday after our show. They had to cancel it because of the COVID stuff, mm -hmm. you know? So it's tough. It's tough right now. Um, so you got to get creative, you know, like what you guys are doing here with, with, with the podcast and stuff like that. Like I was telling you before, like, you know, keeping people interested in the sport 
And what you're doing for the sport here is great. It's the same type of stuff like that we're talking about, providing for martial arts. That you're, you're like giving an opportunity. You're doing these jujitsu matches. You're having people come and train. You know, it's like through this, you're still giving them an opportunity to do this because you know how bad they need it and want it. You know, yeah. and so you're, you're, you guys are hitting twofold. You guys are also you guys are keeping yourself out there, keeping yeah, yourself Deborah. sharp. We're doing it, Tom. We're doing it, baby. We're really doing it. You know, you're fucking hey guys. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you right here, guys. This shit is legit, and I've been around. I've been around the block. I went to school for this, and I've done all these shows and in international, and, and like, they're doing it legit here. And it's like, this is what we need in the sport, guys. We need you guys to, to do these type of things so that we can introduce people to, 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 to the fans, you know, and to keep, uh, keep people sharp and keep people excited. Right now, it's, it's about keeping people motivated and inspired. These type of things keep people going through this right now. They're sitting here, when can I train again? When can we fight again? I just want to compete. You know how many people we had signed up to do that, 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 that uh, tournament in Reno? Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm looking at the names of yeah. the people doing this tournament in Reno. I said, you're an IKF champion. You've won two IKF belts. I, you Bay Area fight. Combat Champions. You're Bay yeah, dude, yeah. I, I got guys with multiple belts in these tournaments because there's nothing else. You guys are, you guys right now are, uh, you guys right now are a, a pond in the middle of the Sahara right now. You know, just giving some, like, giving, you're giving these, these fans and these fighters a drink so they can make it to the end of the storm, you know? And it's like, that's why when Dev's like, you want to come on the podcast, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll be here every week for the next, you know? <laughs> Um, uh, just because, and then she's like, oh, great. You can get some sparring with Daniel. And I said, I, I said, fuck. All right, then fine. Oh, I, I had so many excuses ready. I almost typed in there. I said, oh yeah, that's cool. But I want to type that's cool. But uh, dot, 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 uh, yeah. I'm dealing with this hip injury and you know, no, 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 and I got this little calf sprain. So, uh, maybe, maybe we could thumb wrestle. You know, maybe we could do some thumb wrestling and, uh, we can call it a day. Nah, nah. Well, dude, we had junior last week. Uh, two weeks ago, and uh, we I sparred him and shit. And but, dude, I like I told him we were gonna spar. It was gonna be a PKB style match because they were doing that PKB in Reno, and I knew a lot of people were, were preparing for the PKB. It was actually funny that you were talking about talking shit to Charles because on the podcast I was like, dude, if you guys want to have like an intense sparring session, you can just talk shit to your sparring partner anytime. It's like, and then he'll fucking you up. You know what I'm saying? Anytime. So. Anytime you go, oh, that's all you got? Yeah. Oh, you challenge? Or you call a man's ego? Yeah. I was like, you could just talk shit to this fool, and then you can have a PKB right there. And so we did a little PKB, but uh, I wasn't nervous at all because I, I talked. I, I'd asked him to come train. But then Deborah was like, hey, Danny, we need you to, uh, to sign a release of liability waiver also. And I was like, what do you mean I got to sign a? I was like, wait, I could get hurt? I was like, oh, I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, wait, we're sparring. And then I was like, oh, wait, the fuck? I was like, oh, shit. All right, never mind. So I was over there signing my waiver, getting nervous to spar, buddy. I spar all the time. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, but yeah. Boy, when you sign the waiver, though, that, that's my favorite question. You signed the waiver, right? Yeah. Before they, when they, the kid, yeah. yeah. Whenever that kid comes to spar with yeah. me, that's one of the questions. Yeah. You, you want to spar? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Coach, this kid signed the waiver, right? Okay, cool. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I love yeah. the look in their eye of like, why are you asking if I signed the waiver yeah, for? Was like, hey, did you sign the waiver too? And I was like, oh shit. I, gotta, I was like, oh fuck. I was yeah. like, no, nah. she got me a waiver to sign. And I was like, okay, wait up. You know, I might be the host, but uh, but this, this, this yeah, about it, the, it yeah. still gets real. Yeah, it doesn't matter, dude. You know what I'm saying? You get punched. Uh, hey, so you want to do that? You want to transition over there? Do you want to yeah. run that a couple rounds? All right, we're going to run. Let's we're going to go that. to the competition area. 
we're going to run a couple rounds and then we're actually going to come back and commentate over it. And then, uh, yeah, then we'll close Oh God, it I hate right? watching myself. We're you know how it is. Yeah, yeah. And you know how it is when you're a martial artist, when you we watch yourself, all you see is the, is the worst that yeah, you do. And that's funny. Cause when we commentated the last time, I was just like, come on, check a fucking kick, Daniel. Like, come on, dude, right? move your head. Like yeah. I just, I had nothing I just look at like, say. I'll be like, I, that's how slow I'm moving. Cause in my mind, I'm like, I'm fucking cat like, yeah. And then I'll see my ass like throw this fucking gazelle hook that takes like three seconds to get there. And I'm like, Oh my God, Brandon. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Yeah. Right, let's let's do go. It. Oh. all right yeah hell yeah five fam that was dope dude brandon thank you we uh, we transitioned to the competition area we did a, a couple rounds we're gonna break down one of those rounds for you we're just gonna give you guys uh, um you know we might get a little commentary a little commentary as well but uh, we're also gonna let you guys know like the techniques that we're using and why we're using them and and uh tom uh if you could run the around for us baby <sighs> okay yeah good nice high uh, guard okay Oh, we're talking here. Good, bam. I'm trying to check kicks. He's trying to eat my leg up a little bit. People do. I got long ass legs, so I'm constantly trying to get my egg, my egg, my, my leg ate up. Well, you know what I like to do too is I like to um, get them thinking about the leg, like make a vertical target. My, my commentator, co-commentator David Huey says, make a vertical target. So like I like to throw hands and I want to throw together quick hand combinations, but I like to really like start with the leg and almost get them thinking about being on the back foot so they can check that so I can come forward uh, with hand combinations and don't have to worry about them pressing forward with hard counters. But with a long guy like you, you know, you, you got to try to get that front leg out of the equation. You were strong in the clinch, real strong. First time wrestling in years, dude. No way. I haven't clinched up with anybody because of the knee issue. Um, but I did nine years at offensive line. Okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. that kind of hands close to the chest, head, head right up in their chest type thing. I'm strong yeah. lower half that way. Hell yeah, no, I felt it, dude. Yeah, and then that's the overhand right was nice. That was a nice jab you landed. I didn't like that. Boom, bam. Yeah, I, I worked a lot on. I, I tried to. I hit the bag yesterday. I was like trying to work body a lot. Because I was like, oh, if I, I need to get, if I get inside, I need to take advantage of those body shots. One thing I do is like, I like to get in and out, especially on a longer guy. But I need to be able to get in and, and um, take what I can get while I'm there. Often I'll jump in with that right hand and then jump right out. When yeah. it's like, bro, why don't you jump right in, sit down and throw two body shots and yeah. then roll out. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, you were finding that liver. You're, you got a nice, you're, you're a nice base step on your, on your liver shot. And I, I yeah. I was, work, I was trying to work that so I could get in on you. I get a good, that good angle for my fucking liver, which I didn't like. So, like, yeah. Right now, I wish I would have put my forehead up in your chin and drived your yeah, head up. Yeah, a little up. more right there. But, you know, I'm also um, tired and just trying to hold on where you can't hit me. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to know when to rest. So, dude, I'll rest a lot of times in the clench position. I'm not going to fucking rest at, like, at, while I'm right in your range. Well, see, this is where I get into trouble right now. If I need to have more energy, like, I should be the one popping that jab and, and throwing light punches to, to keep you at bay. And you're the one throwing the light punches to get into my distance. Yeah. But you see, like, and so what do I do? I have to be drastic here because you're like right there. You're at your distance, not mine. I'm lunging in with stuff, mm -hmm. which leaves me open for counter. But then the lunging in gets you more tired, you yeah. know, instead of technically being able to stay in a good stance and throw my jab and keep distance, I'm lunging in to try to keep you off of me. And you're just keeping economy of, of energy, just keeping me at your range there. I was <clears> trying to land shots on the break. Uh, I was able to. I was. I wasn't able to find the head kick. I won that left head kick on oh, the break. I think you could have had it. You pulled that. There's one you pulled, and I was like, "Thank you so much." Because like, if you would have just wailed on it and tried to take it off, look how tired. Look at how. 
Oh my hey, god, I look like man. a pro wrestler? I look like a pro wrestler at the end of the match! You know how they come into the locker room after the match, they're so exhausted, and they just fall down? I, that looked like I fucking am acting. Guys, I'm acting. Guys, I, let me tell you, I'm not, I wasn't that tired. I had another 10 rounds in me. At that point, I was just trying to give some shine to Daniel. I wasn't really tired at all. Mm -hmm. I could totally stand up and do more rounds. Um, I'm just kidding. Um, just so you know, sick. guys, honest, hey, full disclosure, that was the second of three rounds. The first round, we played patty cake. That was the second round. And the third round, I backed up while Daniel beat me up for three minutes straight. So um, he, he did me the, serv the service of uh, not showing that third round, even though, man... If you want to see what exhaustion looks like, you could check out the third round of ours. Well, I mean, dude, uh, uh, fuck. Yeah, I thought you were fucking whooping everyone's ass in there. You know what I'm saying? You felt pretty good. I, I, you felt strong as fuck. Um, for, for the comment, for, for, for the, someone that is now taking commentate, commentating seriously. Yeah, yeah, who doesn't and not, train like, yeah, a fight, like four fights. Yeah. 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 To That's not only come fight, but be willing, you know, not only do it, but, but at the same time, to not shy away from it whatsoever. You, like, wanted to come uh, uh, spar on the podcast, and that shit was dope, man. I was hoping fools were going to show up. I was hoping some fools that think I'm square were going to show up. Like, I was hoping some, there's some fools out there that, man, this motherfucker, who's this guy talking? You know, there's some haters out there. Like, who's this guy fucking talking? Who does he think he is? I was wondering, like, maybe somebody's going to show up that, or maybe someone, I was thinking, what if I rub somebody wrong way? I call these fights in the bay. What if I said something about somebody they didn't like during a fight? And they're like, oh, this motherfucker, oh, here's my chance. Like, I'm going to go fuck this dude up right now. Because, like, shit, you never know. I don't have any enemies I know about, but you never know about the, the snakes in the grass, dude. So I'm pretty confident that no one's going to be trying to beat you up, dude. You I, know what you I'm know, saying? Yeah, now, yeah, uh, 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 seeing, you know, your fighting experience and then uh, just sparring with you that uh, I, I highly if someone's going to want to beat you up, they're going to have to like have a weapon. Well, and this is the thing too, it's where, and, and this is my philosophy. Okay. So out of a hundred percent of the men in the world, right? What percentage would you say, you know, train martial arts, you know, like all the men in the world, 20, 25%, you know, maybe, maybe that percentage. If that's a, I think that's a big number mm -hmm. train. Yeah. I'd say hardcore fighter, martial arts trainers, maybe 10, 15% of the men in the world. So like, that's the 10 or 15% of men in the world that I am, I have to worry about. I really feel like guys like you and me don't need to worry. I mean, obviously size plays, plays a factor, but guys like me and you don't need to worry about guys like me around our size, about 85% of the men because they're completely untrained. And unless they get lucky on a crazy haymaker shot, then if it goes down, chances are we're going to do all right. The other 15%, I say like, there's guys who got there, kill me. No doubt. Bare hands, kill me, you know? But I like to think, hey, they're going to remember that one, though. Like, they're, they're not walking away. They're limping away or they're cut. Or, like, they're going to look back and go, that motherfucker fought tooth and nail, right? And, uh, and then this is kind of funny because my name's Uma Pig. I have a, a, a wild boar tattooed because, like, the pig. Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. I, I was 17, and, and I convinced my dad because, dude, if you're a senior in football and you got a tattoo at 17. You're the man. You're fucking scary yeah so i wanted to have my sleeves rolled up and me have a tattoo offensive line starting guard you know fucking scary looking yeah. man show up this guy's got two mgd 32s in the trash can he looks like kid rock the tattoo artist mm. somebody told me this guy in fairfield will tat you up i was in napa right yeah so my dad I said dad i want this boar he goes oh it's about the it's your name thing it's like for the name represent the name you yeah. know what i'll sign off for it so all you needed was this your dad to sign it this guy he didn't give a fuck yeah so uh guy draws it up, you know, we critique it a little bit. Oh, it looks like dog ears. Can you put the ears up a little bit more? Okay. <sighs> draws it up. 
my dad, oh, it looks good, okay? He goes, you know what, son? I'm going to get it too. I said, what? He goes, yeah, I'm fucking like 45. And if I don't like it in 30 years, who cares? I'm almost dead. Yeah. Let, I'll get it too. So then me and my dad sit down in Kid, Rock, uh, <laughs> Kid Rock's chair, and we both get this fucking pig tattoo uh, at the same day, same time. So yeah. wherever we're at, he'll be, you know, he'll be six feet under one day. I'll be an old man with my grandkids, and we'll have that same tattoo, I think, on, on, the, on Earth together. Um, but, but what's funny is um, the boar represents a lot more than just my name. You know, my name has pig in it, so everyone called me pig growing mm. up. That was my high school nickname. But uh, what I like about the boar is that he, I read this about the boar. He's respected by all hunters because of his veracity and cleverness and cunning. Uh, when you go hunt a boar, you better, you, you, you better have your adrenaline up. You better be on your P's and Q's because that fucker will pop out of nowhere. He'll get you. They'll get, you know, they, it, boar hunting's dangerous. Um, and the hunter, I, hunt, I just like the fact that hunters respect the boar. See, for me in there, it was never about proving I was the best. Hmm. It was just about earning my respect. Yeah. That's all I ever wanted to do. I love walking into a gym and guys make one assumption or the other. And, you know, they give you looks. You know, you walk into the gym and you get the looks. And who the fuck is this guy? And there's a little bit of that. You know, those butterflies, the apprehension. Yeah. Yeah. But then afterwards, there's like a different, it's just a different vibe you get. I just love being the boar that earns the respect. Even if I get hunted. Even if I get hunted, I want the hunter that got me to be like, that was a hell of a battle. That motherfucker, yeah. that fucker gave me a hell of a fight. If yeah. I die giving someone a fight, I'm okay with that. You know, so that's, that's, that's how I feel. Um, like it sucks, you know, like I don't like feeling like, yeah. yeah. And then the hard part about that is, is knowing that, like you said, man, if, if you could keep doing what you're doing, you'd be, you'd be giving me problems. And I've had coaches tell me that before they come. Well, we talked about it earlier on the podcast. If move, movement's going to be a big aspect of your game. Uh, and, you got to lose your movement. You, you, know, you got to be in, you yeah, gotta be in, in shape. shape. Yeah, you gotta. Oh, and I've had coaches tell me that, you know, this, they'll see me have a good round. <clears throat> and then all of a sudden I'll dip off and they come up and they go, you got, the, they say, they all kind of say the same things. You got the skills. Um, you just out of shape, man. You know, mm -hmm. coaches are very, and then it's tough for you because it's like, that's tough because it's, that's all on me. If I want to get in shape, I could do it. I don't need no, I don't need nobody. Mm -hmm. I can do it in my garage. You know, if you got the mind, you got no. guys getting great shape in a prison cell. You yeah. know what I'm saying? They get to walk the yard for an hour a day. That's all they get. You know, like yeah. somehow they get in shape off of fucking tuna and top ramen at the commissary, like, and they're fucking jacked. Yeah. You know, like you can do it. If you, you know, but it's that discipline. That's the hard part. And then they talk about, that's why, why don't you fight? I wasn't a bad fighter. I wasn't a great fighter, but I, if I really dedicated myself, I could have been a decent fighter. And people say, well, why don't you fight? And I said, like, again, I just, you got to have, it's got to be, it's got to mm -hmm. be everything to you. You know, you got to be able to lay everything on the line. Tell your girlfriend I can't hang out. Tell your family I can't come to that dinner, you know, da -da -da -da. Yeah. and it's tough because your family's going, you can't just come. You can't just come. No, it's really tough for me to come to the fucking Super Bowl dinner, you know, party and all the pizza and chips and dips and everyone's drinking and I got to fight, you know, February 14th and I got to make weight. It's hard. So I'd rather just not come. So it's a crazy balance. You got to balance so much, man. Then your work's going, well, I don't give a fuck if you got to fight. You want to make that fucking paycheck. You need to show up to work the day before the day of your weigh in yeah. while you're cutting weight, while yeah. you're roofing a fucking roof or some shit. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Uh -huh. So yeah. that's why it's, it's, you know, it's, 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 uh, and that is the respect that I think I have and the whole triumphant crew has. That's like, you, you see how I'm talking about these fighters? You, like, again, that fucking amateur fighter, I, he, he laid it all on the line for that fight. 
Mm. It might not be big in the world of Muay Thai that this guy's amateur fight, you know, third amateur fight, but I respect that guy as much as I respect the guy who's fighting for the world title because I know he gave everything he got and I'm respecting him because he's putting it all out there in the ring for us, you know? Yeah. So it's just a respect game, man, you know? It's just, it's just a, for me, it's, it's what it is. And yeah. I think maybe that's why I didn't do so well because I'm really not that competitive, to be honest with you. I don't have that chip where if you get me, I got to get you back or no. I'm going to do whatever it takes, you know? I'm not. I'm not. I, 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 I guess I'm... I'm too good at losing and going, oh, oh well, you know what I'm saying? To where I think you're fucking killing it, bro, to be honest, <laughs> because, dude, the goal is to, to be in the game for as long as you can. And you've, you've found a way to, to be deep in the game, mm. but also preserve your body. And, I mean, that's what I'm trying to do with this promoting, too. Like, I'm eventually going to transition out of fighting, but I want to be in the game. Uh, uh, with the fighters just uh, uh we've, we've covered a lot of topics today but just some closing statements um i have, actually i have a question for you you know kind of in closing um what sacrifices have you made to get to where you are today and who would you like to thank hmm. for 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 you know the man that you are today super great question <clears throat> sacrifices well i guess it starts from the beginning you know, I wouldn't be who I am if I didn't fight first, mm -hmm. you know, obviously I, I started fighting when I was a little kid. So like I trained and I competed in karate tournaments, um, as a little kid, that was, you know, something I just like grew up doing second nature. Um, and so those years of training and then even years on the football team, like it all, like what I kind of like about it is, um, I don't know if you've ever read the alchemist, but it's kind of like this guy goes on this big old journey around the world to realize like the treasure he was looking for was, was like underneath his feet the whole time. No way out. You know? Yeah. And I really like that because, you know, you ask me that question and I start to look all the way back and I go, I, you know, it's kind of like a movie. It's kind of like everything happens, everything falls in place for a reason. So I did the acting, right? And I'm not an actor, right? But I took all those acting classes and, and I didn't think, I think they were worthless, you know? Oh, you're not, a, you didn't, I didn't want to go do an acting and stuff. LA was a, it's so sleazy and grimy. I was like, fuck that. I'm going back to the Bay. I'm a Bay cat. I'm cool off this acting thing. Literally, I know that all that training I did to act is transferring directly into commentating. Yeah. Three, two, one, action. It's the same thing. And time to perform the thing I memorized, yeah. you know, in yeah. front of people yeah. live without fucking up, mm -hmm. you know? So I go, oh my gosh, that was that. Like you look back in childhood and it's just like that movie that where you look back and go, oh, you know, like an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Like, that's why that was there. That's why you did that. Yeah, yeah. And then I came and I did the MMA and I got exposed on the ground and I realized I got no jujitsu skills. You know how long it took me? It took me, took me two and a half years of grappling before I even liked grappling. Yeah. I got smashed uh -huh. the whole time on my back going, if, I were, if we were standing up right now, I'd be fucking you up. That's my ego. Mm -hmm. That's me being a wood statue, not allowing myself to be chiseled. Yeah. Finally, yeah. I, I got smashed so much. I remember it was the, fir the first time I flipped the wrestler that dominated me for two years. I flipped him on his back. He couldn't get up. And I, just, I remember his face. He's like, oh, watch this. And he goes for the sweep. Yeah. And I skydive out of it. You know, put my hips down. And, and, I, and I remember him going like, huh. Oh, so you learned the counter that, but try this one. And he does this and then goes the other way. And I was fucking. Yeah. And I just remember his face go, oh, my God, I can't get him off of me. And I got that high of dominating another dude like yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. and being on top, like, what? What you going to do about it? Yeah. I got that high after two and a half years of knocking on the door yeah. before I fell in love with jujitsu. And finally, then I couldn't wait to get to jujitsu class and smash people. Yeah. I figured out how to smash. Ooh, this is going to be fun, right? Didn't realize what that was going to do, you know? Like, that was me, like, 
learning all over again to get smashed on and having to look look up from my back and, and not quit, you know? And then that that learning that in my early 20s is like a reset, you know? You've always been good at all this other stuff, football, karate. Now you got this thing, you're brand new, persevering that. And then all of a sudden, because of my experience with that, I have the opportunity to have that little extra niche that that I think other commentators don't have of, have been been that guy, gone to those, gone those those through those battles. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. And 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 earn that 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 knowing of myself, of oh I know I know what happens if shit hits the fan, they, and I know my my partners know that if it hits the fan I'm gonna be riding for them and that I, and we're gonna fight tooth and nail shoulder to shoulder like that's a good feeling you yeah. know, and then so there's less of an ego you know I've got nothing to prove, I can totally bow down to any fighter and say I humbly respect and honor you and and, and just in awe of you mm. even though i have more experience than this guy yeah, yeah. you know yeah and uh i think that's a trip for them because they're always like dude i look up to you like you're living the dream dude yeah. um and i'm like bro i admire you and i think they, re- they feel that they look and excitement i get when i meet them like you're excited to meet me a three and oh amateur fighter i'm like man big fan you yeah. know what i mean <laughs> yeah, it trips yeah. them out yeah yeah and then, so yeah, now, like you said, like, you know, the best football player careers are the ones who end in the booth. You know, Tony Romo, he retires, and now he's in the booth. He gets to, he, and, and, and Tony Romo's my favorite football commentator because you can feel, I feel like that is what I want to be. You can feel his passion for the game as he commentates. Yeah. And I want to be that kind of commentator for, for combat sports, you know? Oh, yeah. You can feel the excitement. And, and I then think you, you get are, excited. I think you are, dude. I think you are, bro. Like, you're fucking, you're lit, dog, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it, dude. Yeah, it's a good ass, dude. It's a good ass time, man. Hey, did they, did they have the staff announced for the next uh, 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 triumphant card? What's that? The commentating staff is is it already announced? So okay, I mean, so, so, so 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 yeah yeah yeah. Check this out. Check that out. So I'm gonna be the uh, the uh, obviously it's gonna be me, David, uh, Kevin Ross oh, is right, is Kevin, coming yeah, back yeah. as the third in the booth, and Kevin's great because Kevin is just uh, again like like having like you like someone that's like been there done that who can say an opinion and be behind it because and no one's going who the fuck is this guy we've all seen you fight we've all seen you know we know like oh this guy yeah you know he's allowed to say whatever the fuck he wants right now about what's going on in there that's great for kev to have kevin to be able to say anything and and no one's gonna step to him you know because he's the he's a legend out here um and then we have uh ufc hall of famer stefan bonner who is going to be doing uh, like backstage, post-fight interviews. He did a ring announcing for T8, which was, um, wow, man. He's, talk about passion, full of energy. I actually got to call the last two fights with him. And him calling Narpol Fairtex's fight, right? And he, bro, this guy's a UFC Hall of Famer. He's been, been there, done that, right? Yeah. right? How many years in the game? And to see him like jumping out of his seat, calling this, reminiscing of training in Thailand, Mm-hmm. About the Thai style and the oh look at the oh get, I I he his energy washed me out. That's how no pumped up. Yeah, sick. And he bro, he's the coolest fucking dude. He'll like you know just like text sometimes. You know it's like dude, I'm just some guy I met for for a couple shows. You know, mm-hmm. but like you know he'll hit me up BV. You know like on Instagram right. and stuff like that. And it's just like. He's just a normal ass dude and he's like happy to be a part of the crew, man. Mm. He was supposed to be in Mexico and then like he had to cover the Baja 100 or something crazy. Oh, no okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, he'll be there for the next show. So that'll be our, our four man squad. Also, um, we're off on Fight TV. Um, so 
that's on Roku and all the streaming networks. And so you can actually order the pay-per-view through there. Not sure if we're going to do the uh, Facebook again. Um, uh-huh. I think we might go exclusively through Fight TV and you'll be able to get it through there. Okay. Um, or I think we're working out another thing for people that don't have Fight TV, but you can download it and it's easy to stream. Especially with smart TVs now, you can like literally download it on your phone and just like mirror it to your TV, you know? Mm-hmm. Which is a lot of people are doing. Um, so yeah, we'll have that pay-per-view available there. And then also, I believe... Starting this show or the next show, I'm not sure if it's going to all go through, but it looks like NBC Sports wants to pick up Triumphant and do like a pre-taped and then um, uh, air like the top fights in the card. Almost make like a little 45-hour-long minute show uh, and kind of do the highlighted fights of the card. Uh, Like, you know, uh, they're going to edit it and release it later, like the next week or something like that. Um, But with the hopes, just like with you guys, to eventually... Um, be doing live airings of shows, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So who knows? I mean, if we're in like a Miami location, possibly, or like a, a like a, like another exotic uh, Ros- Rosarito type location, it, it, it's way more inviting for a, a network to be on the beautiful beaches of Rosarito or the wonderful shores of you know South Beach, Miami, yeah. as opposed to like again, I love all the fights in the local, you know, yeah. wherever'sville, you know, Nevada fights and you know whatever. That's cool, great. Yeah. Cause you got to keep guys busy, but you know, to create a big fight atmosphere, it takes a, a special location. Yeah. You know, that's why when we did shows in Vegas, man, I was, this is me. I'm calling fights in Vegas right now. Like I'm calling fights in Las Vegas, the yeah. capital of the world, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. And then to be calling fights in Mexico, which is the, which is the uh, boxing Mecca of, of, of the Western hemisphere. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It's just like a trip. You know, I, I dude, I am like so grateful. And, you know, you, you go back and forth, though, Daniel. You know, sometimes, you know, like you say, I'm, the, I'm doing so good, I'm on the way. You know, and then sometimes you look and you say, you got so far to go, you know. Yeah. But um, you know what my happiest times is are, are driving to things like this. And, and I tell you, this is why, because as I'm driving there, I'm like, um, I, I have the, the, the time to think and the quiet to think. And I think, um, like, I'm, I'm, I'm running towards my dream right now. You know, I'm like running to go do this podcast to talk about Triumphant and the things that I want, that I love to do. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember when I was working with uh, uh, Big uh, E, Ed Feliciano, mm-hmm. with uh, Titans Cage. Yep. And, uh, you know, he's like, oh, we got the studio in Sacramento. At the time, I still lived down here. You know, so he's like, uh, you know, is it cool, you know, maybe drive us like an hour and a half to McClellan, you know? And, and I was like, no problem. And I, I'm driving and smiling. Yeah. And I'm driving, I'm commuting an hour and a half. And I'm smiling the whole commute going, because my, th- that voice inside is going, you're chasing your dream, Brandon. And then so it's back to that alchemist story of, you know, if, you, if you're doing your whole life going, I'm, I, I'm chasing that treasure, I'm chasing that treasure, I'm chasing that treasure. And, and then you get to the treasure and realize the journey that you took to get there was the real treasure. The treasure yeah. So I try to remember that because sometimes you get caught up. You know, we all got to work jobs. You know, you're chasing a dream as a professional fighter, but you still got to work your job and pay your bills and mm-hmm. do your things. And sometimes it gets frustrating. You know, sometimes you want to say, I just want to quit this. I can make more money just doing this nine to five. I can get a nice union job. I could do whatever. And I can just make my money and settle down and, and be whatever. And I'll be a lot more secure. There's a lot more security than that. Yeah. It's that, un, it's, it's that unknowing, that scary, that makes you kind of want to pull away instead of going deeper into that unknowing. But um, the more I push into it, the more opportunities uh, emanate from it, I realize. Like, I met you guys in Rosarito. And I met the boxing guy. And uh, you know, the guy that saw the boxing goes, oh, come back next week and do more shows. Yeah. And then I meet you guys. And you're like, come do the podcast. 
And, uh, and you know, I'm not allowed to work yet. You see how the, every time I do a show, I realize every time I do a show, I, like three things pop off from it. So I do your show and then something pops off from that. And then, you know what I'm saying? And I realize, like, dude, the farther I go into the dream, um, um, <clears throat> the, 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 more, the more secure it feels, you know? So yeah. I'm just having fun on the journey, man. Um, who, uh, things like these, you who know? Who do you want to thank for helping you get here, man? You know, Obviously like, my dad. Okay. My dad's my backbone. Yeah. You know, he's the guy that said, uh, um, if you say it, do it. Mm-hmm. These are things my dad installed. If you say it, son, you do it. And if you can't do it, you need to uh, apologize for not being able to do it. You got to hold yourself accountable for things. Okay. Right? Um, and he said, uh, don't be all bullshit, son. Because I'm a bullshitter, guys. Look at me. I'm full of shit, right? But he said, you can't be all shit, son. Yeah. It's not going to work. It doesn't hold up. You know, you get so far, but you won't get, you won't get everything you want by just by being a bullshitter. You got to back it up. You got to back it up. So then that's why, I, that's why I went to do the broadcasting school and stuff. That's my dad's voice in me. Yeah. No, 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 no. Good. That's why I wake, that's why I'm up late studying fighters and, uh, you know, doing all these notes and stuff. That's my dad's voice saying, don't just show up and try to wing it, son, because you're going to fucking look stupid. Trust me. You know, and I had to learn a couple times. It's that voice from my dad. Um, obviously, like Kevin Porter put me on with the uh, behind the fight. Uh, AJ Camarse, too. Um, he was my, uh, uh, the, the guy who owned Knuckle Up when we were doing the MMA uh, okay. team out of there. Yeah. He used to always say, man, he'd had this little scratchy voice because he coached all the time and he always losing his voice coaching. And he'd say, man, you should be doing that media stuff, dude. Man, you should be on TV. You should be broadcasting, man. <clears throat> That's what you're here for, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, fighting's cool, but you should really be doing this. This is years before yeah. I got into any of that stuff. He was telling me this. <clears throat> and then, of course, Greg Poff at, uh, at, at, the, at Solano College with the whole broadcasting program. He helped me out, too. And then <clears throat> the Titans Cage guys, Glenn Gorman, Ed Feliciano, they put me on with that Titans Cage shit. Man, they gave me so much. They had me doing this show. They let me announce the show. You know, like, they really they took me in, and that was kind of their show, mm-hmm. you know? And all those guys, like, kind of, like, said, yeah, man, we'll come in and be part of the team. And then, shoot, biggest thanks to Jeff, man. Jeff noticed. Yeah. He called me up and said, you got talent. I'd like your voice. I want you to be uh, to commentate my fights. And then I, I – and then so – if he hadn't called me up and then that didn't work out and he paid me for the job I didn't do that I offered to do for, because you, I said, you already paid me for a job. Let me do this job. Yeah. I'm good. Okay. If you change your mind, you let me know. And you know what I said to myself after I told him that? I said, I'm going to call him every fucking show. Yeah. Triumph, if I don't get on Triumphant 2, I'm going to hit him up on Triumphant. Or if I don't get on Triumphant 1, I'm going to hit him up Triumphant 2. If he don't get me on 2, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit. I said, I'm going to hit everybody up till they fucking let me on at yeah, one point. Yeah. And then I didn't have to go far. Yeah. A week later, <laughs> Jeff. And then all of a sudden, I'm the guy, guys. It's just roll, and it just starts rolling. Yeah. Oh, we're in Vegas next. Like he calls me up. I go, "Are you fucking? Kidding? I thought you were full of shit, Jeff. No offense, but I thought you were. I thought you were full of shit. Mm-hmm. How can he not be? Promoters are he's telling me Vegas, bro. We've done two shows. You're talking about Vegas? No. Get out of here. You, you, we'll be. We're just trying to make our money back. In my mind, that's what I'm thinking. Little did I know, he had six shows lined in the air already. He had six shows ready to go. They're all lined up, budgeted, and everything. And I'm like, so he's talking about these shows. And I'm like, we lucky if we make it our money back on this show, I'm thinking. I'm looking yeah. at Grayton going, we, we couldn't even fill this thing up because it's 21 and over. This is a nice casino. I know this ain't cheap, dude. Yeah. I know he's losing money on this. Yeah. But he's great. <sighs> Looks great. Wins T2. What? Huh. Most promoters are going, I don't know if we're ever going to be able to do it. Yeah. <laughs> that might have been a one and done, no. dude. Yeah, yeah. Hey, but Jeff, man, he had the plan. And uh, I appreciate that. And then Jeff, too, he's tough because, you know, he's one of those guys who, like, you don't know what he's working on. He loves to drop bombs. People go, why didn't you tell me that that fight was happening? 
why didn't you tell me Eddie was fighting? You know, people that I'm in my close circle mm -hmm. expecting me to hit him up. Did you know Eddie's on Triumphant? I said, I found out the same time you did on the Facebook. Yeah. Jeff's very, and, that, and that's what makes, that's good. That's what's good about his promotion mm -hmm. is that he keeps a little bit of a fire going. He keeps question marks going. Well, what is that supposed to mean? Yeah. Oh, and then all of a sudden, big announcement coming, guys. People going, ooh, I wonder what's happening. Big, big fight news coming, whatever. And then boom, Eddie. Yeah. Boom, Rich. All of a sudden, it's a, it's a, it's a, a national Muay Thai interest. All yeah. these East Coast guys who've been following Rich, like we've been following Eddie on the West Coast, are going, Rich is fighting. The, the, basically, one of the East Coast guys from Chicago, best East Coast guys fight one of the best West Coast guys. Yeah. Now the whole continent is looking at us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then we're going to put on a fire fucking card. It's going to be great. You guys will be there. In fact, yeah, you should do. I mean, we need to get some, some time in down there. I'm going to try to do uh, at the fighter interviews. I mean, uh, the press conference. I want to like ask a couple questions. I want to try to get my little press pass. Do like you a should. Little, yeah, yeah. I think you should be back there with the camera and, ha and be doing interviews with guys because we need more exposure. We can yeah. only do so much. But it's, it's, it's us working with you guys, the media outlets and stuff like that. The fact that you guys, when I saw you guys there, I was like, this is great. I just thought to myself, oh, man, I was so excited because I worked with Greg and I knew Steve, but I didn't, I didn't real, I mean, I met you. Hey, Dev, nice to meet you. But I, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't like a connection, like, here's my numbers. Let's do some work, mm. you know? So then I got your vibe, you know, and I was like, dude, let's do it. And then, and then Jeff is totally like, <laughs> not that, he's like, not that you need my permission, but work with deb is my you know if you go work with deb like because you know some people are possessive dude you know he you know some guys might be like jeff has never tried to be like here's a contract you work only with triumphant da, 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 da. Yeah. he's like no i want you to get opportunities because you're you're good man i want you to spread this yeah. i want you to use your, your 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 skills everywhere you possibly can so he's, he's like work with these people you know work anyone who, who's hooked up with Triumphant, feel free. And even my own gigs, I work my own gigs. He's happy for me, man. Yeah. He's super happy. And that's what it feels, that's why it's such a cool uh, company to work with, promotion to work with. It's so supportive, dude. And he doesn't take shit personally. Oh, you go fight with another promotion? That's okay. You know, everyone got to eat. He understands that. He's not, he doesn't possess fighters. He doesn't try to say. But that might be coming, though. We might be getting to that point as a promotion where we're going to say, hey, we're going to give, you know, you want a three fight deal guaranteed? You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. you, you, that is, I, we, and, and that's not for us, that's for the fighters. We want to be able to offer you some consistency and stability. Hey, you want to fight three times in 2021 for Triumphant? Let's do it. Instead of, we'll give you this fight, but then, yeah. shit, good luck. Hopefully you can scrape up other fights. No, we want to be able to, to say, hey, we'll guarantee you these many fights if you, if you really want to you know, be a part of this promotion. You know, I think that's the next step for us, you oh, know, hell yeah. is to offer fighters some stability, yeah. you know, and, and give them a, a nice uh, a payday, you know? I yeah, mean, I want a fucking three fight contract, Jeff. If, yeah, if you're out, Jeff, if you're listening, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Let me get yeah. my fucking three fighter in there, yeah. dude. Fuck no, it, DC, let's yeah, go. I wish, man. I'm hoping. Fingers crossed. Well, no. think about this, though, DC. Like, we got um, Triumphant MMA is coming up. Yeah, I'm excited for that. So... I mean, fighting in Las Vegas with John and then that whole, you know, uh, Jeff and John working together um, and do a whole totally different feel in Las Vegas for, for MMA, um, possibly boxing, we, you know, uh, the pro jiu-jitsu circuits. I mean, there's going to be, uh. we want to be able to provide triumphant uh, combat sports. And that's why he named it Triumphant Combat Sports and not just Triumphant Muay Thai, you know. And he's, dude, it's so crazy because this is, I, I just... I've worked with uh, successful, like my brother-in-law is very successful and he's very, and, and he, 
You don't always know what they're thinking. You know these kind of like they're a little bit. I, 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 scatterbrain's not a good definition because scatterbrain seems like a derogatory term. But they're a little bit, um, um, they have their hand in many pods. Yeah. You know, they're a little ADD with their stuff. Um, but what's cool with that is, is um, I, I, I'm living with a, a type of uh, personality for a long time is I don't question. You know, some people need to know. Why are we doing this, bro? Why, why are we doing this? Why, 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 I mean, why would I say this instead of that? You know, I'm not like that. I'm just like, that's how you want it, boss? Hey, that's how you get it. You know what I mean? I don't have the ego to say my way's better. No. Especially if you're, I'm your, like, and, and I still look at it, even though he doesn't make it seem like this at all. My work ethic says I'm your employee and I'm here to produce a product and I'm going to give everything I want or everything that, that you want me to have out here and give it my 100%. So if a guy tells me, tells me that I want you to wear this fucking dunce cap and stand on one leg and do the whole broadcast, I'm not going to question it twice. Yeah. I'll go, okay, boss. Yeah. Okay, your yeah. show, okay. right? And then I think that's why, uh, you know, that's, that's how you survive in this game. And as a fighter too, that's how you survive, you know, is being able to pick your battles and work with people. Not being like, this is what I, this is who I am, this is what I need, but being like, let's work together. Well, you know, like, uh, uh, whatever you need, boss. You know what I'm saying? Sounds good. If I ever felt like I was being taken advantage of, then we have a problem. My whole philosophy is I'm all for not stepping on anybody's toes until they back me in a corner and I end up stepping on my own toes. <laughs> now, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm over here trying to avoid your toes and I'm fucking grinding my own toes, now I'm going to say something or do something and say, nah, we got a problem. No. But luckily, with, with Triumphant and everybody I've worked with so far in this game, it hasn't been much of a problem, you know? And I think because of the work ethic, you know, yeah. they see how hard I work and they go, man, I don't, I don't need to do anything. I don't need to motivate this guy. This guy's all about it, you know? So, no, hell yeah. I'm, dude, I'm so excited that we finally got you in here and uh, we got a bunch of good stuff out of you today, man. man. You know what I'm I saying? Know. Like, uh, 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 this is going to be one of our best episodes as far as content wise, just because oh, uh, we touch on a lot of stuff. You can watch it on YouTube, uh, uh, the podcast on YouTube. Tom, what other platforms are we going to have the podcast on now? All right, guys, we're going to try to have the podcast on all platforms. We're going to have a just audio version of the podcast that you guys, all right, because I know podcasts are traditionally for listening as well. So we're going to have a, a just audio uh, 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 format for the podcast as well. And um, any closing statements? Any closing statements? Hey, uh, big ups to uh, uh, Suncoast Awnings, okay, mm -hmm. and for having us in this dope studio. Mm -hmm. um, I have a lot of friends buying houses, and it's kind of funny because <laughs> – all these friends are buying houses and they're showing me these backyards that are nothing but dirt. And they're all saying the same things. They're all so worried about shade. Yeah. I, I got, the sun's going to come up from here and then the shade's going to hit from here. And, and I don't know when I, maybe I'll put a tree here or this or that there. Yeah. And then, and so I was like, uh, I'm coming to Suncoast Sonics and I was like, I can't wait to call up all my friends that just bought houses with yeah. these backyards that they're building. And I'm like, if you're so, especially in Sacramento, cause dude, in, it's 105 degrees in the oh, middle yeah, of the yeah, summer yeah. sometimes. So I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to go tell my boys like, Hey, maybe check out getting an awning yeah. for your backyard <laughs> so that, you. so that like, if it gets smoking hot, you can get some shade. Or if it's raining in the middle of winter and you want to go barbecue, you pop the awning out and you don't got to work. You know what I'm saying? Like, of course it, it's so, um, dude, it's very cool for having us here. And then, so definitely, uh, for all your shade needs, Hey, God gave you trees for shade, but if you don't want to wait that long, 
Sun Coast awnings, right? And, and, and Deborah does, yeah. And Deborah does have awnings that are that are are, are weatherproof as well. So sh- uh, awnings are traditionally for shade, but she has uh, uh, rainproof awnings. So, and and then we're in the showroom. So the awnings are here, you guys. If you come to the the studio in Martinez, you will see the awnings. We have a competition area. We have like a, this. This guy looks that's rainproof. A, that's a, that's a, that's that a looks rainproof right to there. me. Maybe it is. That's one of the rainproof ones, and that one is as well. So you guys, uh, all your shade needs, Suncoast Awnings is going to get you shaded. Deborah Farolito, owner, Suncoast Awning, Bay Area Combat. Tom, Bass Davis on the ones and twos. Thank you so much, Tom. Daniel Compton, I'm the host, but I shouldn't have been. Brandon should have been the host. Oh, and then hey, Brandon, hey, for, Kyle, hey, one baby. more. Th- yeah, thanks to, to you, dude. You are killing it, bro. I did my best. You no, know, dude. Tried. Hey, you're so impressive. Um, you're so good roles. in the cage. I like kind of like the reverse of what people think like, oh, he can't have no fight skills because he's, you know, he's a commentator guy. He's a journalist guy. I guess I had a a little bit of a question mark of he's so good in the cage. He can't be that good on the mic. But, bro, you're definitely a dual threat. You're a dual threat, man. You're as as good. You're as good on on the mic as you are on the cage, which is like I can't believe it, but it's it's true, and I'm grateful to, that 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 you, that you have me on the show, man. Hey, I appreciate you saying that, man. No doubt. And then once I learn how to dance, I'll be the triple threat. You know? What oh I'm yeah, yeah. yeah. I just have a yeah. quiet. I'm oh. All, uh, uh, then you you're then, then then you're unstoppable. <laughs> yeah. Then you'll have a, there'll be a Hollywood star eventually. Then I'll be Israel Adesanya. Yeah, you'll you know be the. <laughs> hey, thank you so much. Dude. Right on, hey, guys. Everyone here at the Bay Area Combat Team, uh, we're over and out. Tune into all those different platforms. Thank you guys for watching, dude. Thank you guys. Thank you. Yeah, that's it, dude. Right? Yeah, dope. Great job. Yeah,